Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. Welcome back to another episode of The RPG Show. I'm your host, Nick, and today I'm joined by Kevin. How are you doing, man? Great. I'm glad you picked me and decided to torture me. Well, you know, part of my job here to run you through the ringer. Yeah, this is this was a tough one for me. It's uh it's uh it's one of those things where like, you know, you play a game like Trails from Zero. Yeah, it definitely was the contrast. You could definitely t- <laughs> <laughs> then you you have to go you have to uh, ground yourself with something like Trinity Souls of Zillow and uh, remember that it's not all rainbows and butterflies out there in the gaming world. You got <laughs> you got some muck too. Yeah. Um, this is muck. I'm saying I it's it's a guilty pleasure of mine. Okay. Is uh is how I would phrase it. Like I know it's it's like watching like janky B horror movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, like they're not good, but I derive a lot of enjoyment out of them. Uh, so I just think that I also part of it's for me. <laughs> also, um, there's probably a lot of things that goes into it, but like I just hate playing PS3 games. I think like PS2 I'm fine with, and anything after PS3 is fine, but. I just, the PS3 is like, got a lot of issues that, you know, it has slowdown and it has like, free, like, there's a lot of freezing and some of these games have no like, uh, you know, nowadays there's like tons of updates for a game after they come out and a lot of these games never had any of that. <clears throat> so you're stuck with whatever bugs are in here and 3D wasn't yet mastered yet. I mean, it was pretty far along, but there's still like, bugs and slowdown and clipping and all this other stuff that happens that I just hate. So what you're telling me is to pick more PS3 games. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, like, so you had, like, bugs and slowdowns and shit in this? I didn't notice any of that in mine. I, I do have an updated hard drive, so I don't know if that makes a difference. I think my PS3 is crap. It's part of it. Oh, could be. I'll, well, I have an SCD in mine, so I think it helps load times and stuff, but... Well, I want to go, like, so I, I had to run the labyrinth, and uh, my my uh, controller was dying, so I wanted to go plug it in, and I literally, like, touched... So I had, like, the slidey disc, like, the slide top disc uh, PS3, and I literally... T- Is that, like, the old fat one? 
No, it's like first gen. Oh, is it the newest one? Like third gen? Yeah. It's a slim. Yeah, and it's the top slides. And you push the put the disc on the top. You know, you don't slide. It doesn't like. There's no like feed or whatever. You know. Interesting. And I literally like went to touch. I touched the top to like balance my. <laughs> fucking restart the game. Yeah, there's no auto save or anything. Anything. Well, not in that dungeon. Yeah, well, the du- that's the thing. Like, that's like the old PS3 thing too. It's like there's no autosave, uh, or like in this, there's like a dungeon. But you know, most of these kind of dungeons now, like you have like save points every ten levels or something like that. Nope, you gotta go fifty floors without saving. So that's another dumb concept of this game that pissed me off. <laughs> well, it's the whole it's the old art hardcore uh, like RPG aspect like um arc the lad does that it's uh, it's post game dungeon or late game dungeon whatever the, spe- the special dungeon you have to do to get um the special summon shay Kuro or something i can't remember the name of it it's like 100 floors and you can't save in that either something like that something crazy i did it one night when i was i don't know 14 stayed up many hours to do it and uh it, it's perfect for teenagers and shit but not so much for adults with lives Right, yeah. Who are like, I can't sit here for a couple hours and just do this thing. Nope. Uh, yeah, and plus, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I can put it on pause, and then, like, my PlayStation, for an hour, it just shuts down, on, so I can't, like, just leave it. Like, like PlayStation 5, you can, or Play, I think even PlayStation 4, uh, you can, you know, put your PlayStation in rest mode, and you can come back to it wherever you were, as long as, like, the power doesn't go out or something, you know? Not on PlayStation 3, it's just... You're done. Uh, we can change the shutdown settings with no input. I had to do that. It'll just be on. It won't be in rest mode or anything, but it won't turn itself off. Right, but it's like you forget about it until you need it. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, I should have just done that. But yeah. I forgot. I'm so used to PlayStation 4 and 5 where it just automatically you rest mode it. Like I said, well, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where you don't know, you don't know you need it till you, that situation arises, and you're like, "Fuck." Yeah, I understand that. I've done that with the Vita multiple times, and then I just turn that shit off on the Vita. So, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, I'm not doing this shit no more. I'm not wasting another fucking three hours. Exactly. So, but yeah, we'll get into more gameplay stuff uh, in that section coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, so if you're new here. Uh, the format of the show is we do a show breakdown, or a, a game breakdown, rather, sorry. Uh, it's the gameplay, the stories, the visuals, the music uh, slash voice acting, overall experience, and replayability slash extra content. We rate everything on a, a 0.5 to 5 scale. Uh, kudos uh, of Kevin, <laughs> because he wanted 0.5s now to be that low. Uh, I added the 0.5s because... I felt like, fuck it, why not? So, te- I guess technically we got a 10-point scale or whatever, but it, it works itself out. Yeah, it's fine. It's more, I guess, more expansive. We don't do zeros, because, in my opinion, if you put effort into something, it's not zero. Uh, however, if we we also don't play, uh, like, silverware games, so it's impossible to have a zero rating on anything. If we were to play silverware games and review them, then those would all be zero, because those are all bullshit. Yeah, but there's and no point of playing that. It's like, might as well just... That's for trophy hunters that have no... I don't want to say ethics, but they've got no respect for the... 
for hunting trophies, I guess. It's, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a... I don't, I don't like the trophy achievement system because it really uh, exacerbates a personal problem I have. Uh, and it makes me buy games and play games way longer than I otherwise would not have. So it's undoubtedly not a good thing. But it does also like fulfill that completion thing you got going on yeah. in your brain. That Some people have that problem. Uh, but then you got like people that are scummy taking advantage of people who have that in a way higher, uh, like uh, I guess, way worse issue than like you and I have. Or like they, it doesn't matter what kind of trophy it is, they need to have it, especially if it's easy, because it inflates their numbers versus everybody else. So that means they're superior to everybody because they have trophies, even though they didn't actually do anything to get the trophies. They just paid five dollars for a game. They gave them trophies after ten minutes or whatever. And it's like. Uh, the va- at that point, like the value of a trophy is no longer the same because yeah. it's not the same amount of effort put into it, kind of thing. And like, like to be uh, honest, like I have played a couple of those games, and that's how I felt. Like I was like, this kind of makes it feel not fulfilling at all. And so I haven't played. Like I won't play most shovel War games. There might be one or two that come out that like have some kind of interesting thing about it. You know, that's funny or. Um, I don't know, unique that I might just do just to do, but I'm not going to play like eight versions of the same game over and over. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't like doing Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? It's like, this is the same game about baseball. This is the same game about football. You know what I mean? Like, well, that. it's more egregious now because I don't know if you've seen like the Stroke the Animal or Jumping Animal games. No. I mean, I've heard of them, but I haven't seen them now. Yeah. It's like essentially a, like what, a PNG on the screen or a JPEG or something, and you just press X or whatever the fuck for so many times and the and then like a hand for the stroke game that i guess a hand comes over and pets quote unquote the animal and then the jumping ones just the animal moves up and down or something and i guess they charge like five bucks for this shit per stack and they have like a stack for like a ps4 ps5 and then each region stack and people waste money on this and time and uh i mean what we're all wasting time i guess if you want to argue oh yeah i mean i guess but like it's it's like how people used to argue, like, are video games worth money? And you'd be like, well, like, in comparison, you go to the movies, you spend two hours at the movie, it's like $10 for a ticket, then you buy popcorn and shit or whatever. Yeah. And then you have, like, an experience for two hours, is that worth the 20 bucks you paid? Versus, like, you have a, like, an RPG, for example, that can run you 60 hours, and you pay $60 for it. The time investment versus whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like, is this ratio more valuable than this ratio and i i feel like that depends on like if you play the game with people if it's a kind of game you can play with people and have fun with or if like you go to movies with people and you have fun with people in the movies or whatever however you value that particular experience but i don't think that there's any argument to be made that people spending five dollars to press the button on a controller two thousand times for 20 trophies is enjoyable at all like i don't understand what you get out of it like i don't Maybe the dup- I don't know. I don't even know that you get dopamine hits anymore for getting a trophy every ten seconds. Right. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. To me, at that point, there's nothing valuable to be gleaned from that experience, and instead, uh, it's more like uh, feeding an addiction. 
So it's become more of an unhealthy thing or the addiction being like, for some reason, these people think they have to top these leaderboards that only they care about. Yeah, those leaderboards uh, are so watered down now. It's like you look at the, the top people and it's like, okay, you just play these, you're playing like stacks of the same game and it's like, it's not even playing anymore. You're just like sitting there and, and, and then some of these like usernames you look and like they literally are getting a trophy like a second or a minute and you're like okay you have just a bunch of people on the same username you know mm -hmm. it's not possible that they're living a life <laughs> oh definitely not no I, I do say there is like an argument to be made that there are some games that you can get like a platinum trophy in like an hour and 10 minutes or something but I don't feel like those are shovelware games too many, too much as compared to like literal you do nothing games because uh, there's games like made by developers like Radalika, who I I bought some of their games before I knew what like the shovelware shit was because I will go through the PSN sales and they're like, oh, this game is normally like five bucks, but it's a dollar. Uh, it can't be that bad, right? So I'll buy like twenty of these games for a dollar. And then later on, when I'm like looking for something to do, I'll look up I'm like, oh yeah, I remember I bought one of these games and it's like a between something that's like took 80 hours, I want something like uh, like a palate cleanser or something, something light to just play and not really have to think too much about. And then you look up like a trophy list and it's like, oh, this game takes an hour to beat and you get most of the trophies for doing like the first three levels of this like 80 level game. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. I'll just do that. But it's like an actual game still. Like it's not... Like, you could play the whole game. Like, there's actual content to the whole game. You just get the, all the trophies within, like, the first hour of the game. So, it's not, to me, like, that's not shovelware. That's just front-loading trophies. And if you want to keep playing afterwards, you can. Because sometimes the games have some fun to them. Sometimes they don't, because they're, like, platformers and shit. I'm not really a big platformer. But it's way more... Or way less egregious to have those, like, on your profile, as opposed to shit like... uh jumping spider or pet the dog or something and it's like like unlike you i've got some like i've got a couple of red alike games on my profile i don't think i have any like thing like mayo my name is mayo or whatever uh i own it but i, I just haven't played it because <laughs> uh i think you have it on your profile and that's just what you like you just press the x a bunch or whatever right too yeah that's one of the ones i played and i was like I was, I think I was trying to get to a hundred platinums, like, you know, like that, whatever year that was. And I was like, oh man, I got, if, if I'm really going to do this, I'm going to have to like play some of these crappy games. And, um, but after that I was like, okay, I'm satisfied with my trophies. Now I'm just going to play, uh, games I want to play, you know, or games for the show. And that's the only games I'm going to, you know, trophy. So. That's fair. And speaking of trophies, uh, the game trophies in this game are not nice. <laughs> no. They we had a little... They don't respect your time, that's for sure. Definitely not. We had a little discussion pre-show uh, where Kevin admitted he was attempting, uh, possibly in vain, to split his perceptions of a game uh, and like separate them from like the game itself, and then the trophy hunting the experience. Because they are, and they can be, two different... Uh, completely like two completely different experiences uh, wherein they can either bolster or take away from your enjoyment of the game itself and in this particular case uh, any I feel like any enjoyment Kevin might have had from this game was sapped uh, because of the trophy hunting yeah um, 
Not to say that he would have enjoyed this game very much in the first place, but if there was any enjoyment to be had, chasing trophies in it, yeah, if I probably could, didn't help. Yeah, this was one of those games where the trophies were like, you know, beat the beat the game type trophies, and like, you know, maybe get level fifty or something. But no, it's level ninety nine, and it's like run this labyrinth and um, do so many side quests. And I think part of it, um, once we in the game, or I guess maybe story, like like chapter two and three are like so much longer than four and five. Like it's crazy. So I think if you like, um, if, I mean maybe it's not, but it felt like it was super long, like way way long. Like I think chapter no for sure. There's a, I think it, I can't remember if it's chapter two or three, but it's the one where you start first start working as a mercenary. So probably chapter two. Yeah. And you have to like, you go to a tavern, and they're like, oh, you have a, or you go to a adventure guild or whatever. They're like, oh, you got a letter from the Diamond Skull military, so you gotta leave the town, go to the other ancient town, and then go to the stupid military place, and like, okay, we have a mission for you. So you go to the mission, and you come back, and then you're like, oh, we don't have any missions for you. Go do something else. So you have to go to another town, go to the adventuring guild. Maybe you get the prompt for the stupid uh, next story of mission. Maybe you don't. So you do something else if you don't. And then you go to the adventure guild again and you get the prompt finally. Then you go back to the ancient and you do that. I think you do like six or seven times. And it's like, we could have just done this twice. Yeah. Maybe. And like, like that, well, it's more in the story, but a lot of that stuff just does not like, doesn't do anything for the plot in the long run. It just is like padding the game. So. Yeah, that's where I got like frustrated. Like that's part of my frustration too. It's like, okay, you you're just padding the game in chapter two and three, where this is probably like a ten hour game, uh, and they padded it out to like fifty hours <laughs> with all the other crap they have in there. Like especially, well, if you're a trophy hunter, definitely. But for the main game, I bet you it's like thirty hour game, but it could have been ten because like the, the fourth chapter and the fifth chapter are just like fly by. For sure. So, and I was like, man, if this was the whole game, I would have been fine with it. Like, I would have respected, like, hey, this is a shorter game. There's not much here. Blah, blah, blah. But, like, no, you guys disrespected my time and bloated it out. And they made some, I'd say, poor story choices, uh, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> that really well, we'll definitely discuss that a little bit later. <laughs> All right, let's, and, let's uh, keep going. Let's you... keep going. Vitriolic hatred for the the Google translated apparently text and everything. So, uh, so if you're unfamiliar with Trinity Souls of Zillow, I don't know if I've said that for the sh- that that's the game we're doing yet, but we're doing Trinity Souls of Zillow. Uh It's uh, known in Japan as Trinity Souls of Zillow Zero, uh, and this is actually a prequel to a other game called uh, Zillow, which I think released on the PlayStation. And then there's another, like an up, I guess an updated port to the PSP called, uh, or maybe it was to the PS2 first called Zill All Infinite. And then it was released again as Zill All Infinite Plus, which I guess has the most content in it, but it's Jap- uh, Japan only. And uh, it's called Zill All because I guess it's marrying zillions and souls, because I guess in the world, like, uh, the main this main character can possess any soul or something, and souls in this game are like jobs in like the Final Fantasy game, where like uh, depending on what soul you have, it kind of determines what your abilities are. 
Uh, and that kind of ties into this game a little bit. Each of the main characters get three souls, and they can do like a little bit different stuff when they fight. Uh, ultimately, I don't know that it makes too much of a difference because I pretty much stuck with like the main first soul abilities most of the time. Uh, but we'll get into that later too. Uh, let's see. This was released in Japan on November 25th, 2010, in North America on February 8th, 2011, in Europe on February 11th, 2011, and sometime in 2011 in uh, Australia, if you care. Uh, so I guess a brief summary of this game would be, if you're familiar with Dynasty Warriors, uh, it's because it's produced by, or developed by Omega Force. Uh, I can't remember who produced it. Probably Namco Bandai or something. Uh, uh, publisher. Tecmo Koei. Yeah, Tecmo. Uh, so, I think that was before they became Tecmo Koei. Um, if you care, the director was Tomohiko Sho, the designer was Kenichiro Yasuda, and the composer is Yoshihiro Ike. I think that's how you would pronounce that. Yeah, I'm so sorry. And, uh, essentially it's a Dynasty Warriors game, but more of an RPG. Uh, kinda. It's like subpar Devil May Cry combat. Uh, because you're limited. <laughs> like, you're limited to the amount of combo attacks you can do, and you don't really have that many to choose from. You get sick. Like, the PS, like, PS3 limitations come into effect with the camera angle and the lock on mechanic, it kinda sucks. Uh, well, I think the issue, so the issue is, like, they have uh, a lot of, like, areas that are compact, and the camera, if the enemy, it does, I think it, what it does is center screen locking, it doesn't do nearest uh, enemy locking, so sometimes you will lock on, like, try to lock on, but then you lock on to an enemy that's behind the wall somewhere else, Right. and it's like, go fuck yourself, why would I, why, why would everyone lock on to that? And then you gotta like try to rotate the camera and you can't see some stuff because the the room's small and shit. Like in wide open areas, it's not too bad. Right. Uh, but it fails significantly in closed in indoor areas. Uh, Which and there's plenty of times. A lot of the game, yeah, you're in like caves or underground. Yeah. Tunnels. Or, or even like a path that's like two feet wide or whatever. And you're like, okay. You're like, oh, there's only one enemy I could target, man. What are you doing? I'm definitely going to fall over this bridge at one point because I'm going to jump too high and get hit and fuck that. Yeah, well, at least you don't die when you fall off shit. Yeah, you just hit respawn. You just hit health. Or wait, you, like, disappear for a couple seconds or something. Yeah. Um, oh, so I guess uh, we just go into the gameplay because we're starting to talk about it. Okay. Gameplay time. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Kevin's favorite. Um... So I guess we'll talk about the battle system first. Um, like you're saying, it's Dynasty Warriors like, um, but you start off with one character, eventually get three, and I think as we're talking earlier, it's it's padded out where it takes way too long just to get your party, and the reasons you get the party are not the best. Like Dagda is stuck in a hole. And he can't get out. Because <laughs> uh, he's too hungry. So. 
Um, the issue is he fell in a big ass hole and he got hungry because he's stuck in the hole. He couldn't. It's not because he was hungry that he couldn't get out. All right. Okay. I feel like he could have got out if he tried. I'm just saying, like, it's not that deep of a hole. Like, they didn't make the hole as deep. <laughs> I know he's a big guy. I feel, but uh... anyways, anyways, that's that's besides the point. Anyways, um, so yeah, you got three different uh, uh, characters, and they all have their unique abilities um, or skills. That's what they call them in this game. Um, and you assign each of those skills to uh, square, triangle, or circle. Um, and then you can, so you can have, you know, assign three, uh, abilities. And then if you, there's an also a second list of abilities you can assign. Uh, so if you hit like, I think it's what, R1 or R2, one of the trigger buttons, um, it'll switch to those, uh, button presses you can use. <clears throat> and, uh, each one, so basically everyone has six moves they can make, they can use. And I think, uh, there's nine total skills, right? Or is it more than that? I'm looking. Uh, Twelve total skills that you can use. So you basically have to use half, so you gotta find what your favorites are, what works the best. <clears throat> um, and then when, uh, so whatever characters you're not using, uh, the, the computer will take control of the other two and they'll attack for you or whatever, but at a significantly lower, like their attack goes way down when you're not using them, which is kind of, I didn't like that. Um, but they also get, take less damage. So if you have like some kind of like hit point regaining, uh, armor on, it will help, you can like switch in between them and help like get their hit points back up if you, are in like a tight spot. Um, anything else you want to add on that part of it? Nick? Hello? 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 The fucking mic's, mic's not working for some fucking reason. Oh, it is now. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to talk. And another one's working. Fucking Discord. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say that there are some of the abilities have elemental, uh, like affinity, and some of the enemies are weak to certain elements, and so that ties into, uh, you have to choose if you want to use a certain ability or not, based on, like, what it does, and then also, like, what element it might have. Yeah, you can change on the fly, and, uh, not every character can use all the elements, each boss has their own um, element they're weak to. So to make the fight way shorter, you definitely want to use their uh, what they're weak to. And um, there is like a list like you can look up if you forget. Because some of those giants kind of like run together and you're like, I can't remember what their weakness is. <clears throat> um, or whatever. Some of the monsters look the same. But they have different weaknesses. Um but yeah, you can switch that on the fly if you need to. Uh, what else? You can also level them up uh, with slow points. So I, they can all, all be leveled up three times, or I guess twice, because they start at level one. Yeah, twice, yep. And then, uh, actually, 
No, they start at level zero. Do they? And then, because you have to learn them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Occasionally. And then you learn it, and then you can use it, and then you can level up two more times, so, yeah, kind of thing. You start with, like, basically the soul of your, your starting soul, so Arius is Rune Fighter, Dagda is Mighty Blow, and Selena Strixter. And they start off with, like, one skill, basically. And then to get more skills, um, for the most part, you buy them from the Magic Guild, but there's some you can only get in a quest. Like, the last ones, I think you only get in a quest. Um, uh, oh, also, I wanted to add is that uh, when you're battling some of these monsters, they'll have, like, they'll be shiny or, like, sparkly or whatever you want to say. And their, like, weakness is not the same. Uh, the only way I learned this was going through the Labyrinth three times because I was trying to use, like, their weakness against them and it wasn't working, so I just started trying everything else, and I'm like, sometimes it was, like, the exact opposite of their of their weakness, and sometimes it was, like, something off altogether. So I don't know if there was a rhyme or reason to it. <clears throat> uh, yeah, there was a tutorial in, like, the second dungeon oh. or something, or the third. One of them where, like, they're like, hey, if you see an enemy that looks like this, it means they're stronger, they're guaranteed to drop... Uh, rare item or something and their weight is just not necessarily the same right yeah but uh, it's like you don't really have to worry about that until way late in the game so i definitely forgot about that little tidbit um yeah when they show up they're normally unlike a normal enemy anyway so yeah they might live a little longer but you kill them just the same with like normal attacks occasionally they'll be on like a mini boss enemy and those are more difficult to fight because They'll have, like, increased health and defense and they'll do more damage, but then also, like the we said before, the element you're expecting to be using on them that's strong is not anymore. So you have to be like, fuck, which character do I use? And you cycle through everybody real quick. And then when they really want to fuck you is when you're in the labyrinth or there's a couple other times in the game, but the boss will be shiny, and then halfway through, they take half their life away, they'll get red and with rage. They also increase their defense and attack, so like double is uh fuck uh dangerous. Um, so those not those aren't as fun either when you have those. Happen. But I did learn that uh the thing you didn't touch on yet, the soul burst. If you soul burst a enraged enemy, they get into the stunlock state thing. Yes, the burst state or whatever, and you can knock them out of the enraged. So yes, that's another part of battle system is the soul burst, which I don't think you get till like, second or third chapter. Um, uh, no, you get it at the very beginning. You just don't do anything with it, really, like because it's not powered up enough to like really be useful. And then when you get like your full party of three, then it does more. I like, guess has a wider range or whatever. Yeah, upgrades like three times, but I think it only stun locks when you have all three of them. If I'm not mistaken, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned that as well. Uh, when you're fighting like those super powerful bosses in the labyrinth, like. Sometimes you just, like, that's when I learned the whole magic arrow trick. You'll magic arrow them to get the your trinity attack all, uh, all built up and then unleash it. And then you can just wail on them for, like, ten seconds and then rinse repeat. Because <clears throat> the first time I went through the labyrinth, I was definitely not overleveled. I was probably, like, just level enough to, like, make it to the end. But I wasn't level enough to beat the final boss, so which that was very disappointing. But um, anything else on battling? Uh, I just want to touch on, I guess, like each of the characters. Okay, sure. You said can do different stuff, but 
uh, I guess to go a little bit more in depth on that, like Arius is your uh, only magician. He's the only one that can use magic, but he is more like middle of the road, jack of all trades kind of guy. And then Dagda is your like tank, brawler, powerhouse character. So he's slower, but he does usually more damage and he has abilities that lets him take more hits and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Selene is like your rogue character, so she's more agile. She gets like double jumps and she can like dash in the air and shit. So she's really useful for like getting through areas quick as fuck. Because yeah. when I was playing, I just would switch to her, then like double jump and then dash, dash, dash. Laying on the ground, double jump, dash, dash, dash. And usually you would just bypass all the stupid mobs yeah. and get to the end of the fucking dungeon to complete the quest. <laughs> uh, I did notice occasionally, though, like if you're too close to an enemy, you would just like dash into them, which is super fucking annoying when I was going through the labyrinth. Because I started doing that in certain areas and I just said, fuck it. And I put on um, a piece of gear that like give her movement five. Yep, yep. And I was like, I just run by everybody and eat my ass. Um, so I did find I used Arius most of the game. I didn't use Dagda as much at the beginning, but he was way more useful than the end of the game. Yeah. For some reason, just it felt like he was doing way more damage than everybody else when he was like fully upgraded and shit. And I'm not sure what breaks your block, but uh, Dagda usually could like hold his block uh, to most attacks. So yeah, that's another part of it. You can you can uh, dash your way out of uh, danger, or you can also like just block. Um, in the beginning, it doesn't really do much, but like those uh those what are those monsters that would spin up like what are those called snails. Uh yeah, snails did it. Um, some of them shot fire. Like the basilisks. Yeah, the basilisks. So like those basilisks would like spin and like take them out sometimes, but towards the end of the game, like they wouldn't move them at all. Just then they would get because, like, after uh, so like mid bosses and regular bosses, they'll do this like some attacks, and there's like an opening for them to get hit with their weakness. That's when you want to use their weak, like, whatever their element is weak to. And if you time it right, then they are stun locked for like three to five seconds, or so there's other ways you can extend it, um, sometimes. Um, but that's when you that's what you want to do is time it with those those characters and it's it's super important because it feels like when you uh, a lot of monsters when you hit them when they're not in this little like uh stun animation thing and it, and it, it shows you know for sure when they're in it because it like there's like a blue um circle that shows up on them and as it closes towards itself towards the center it gets like more red yeah. so you know the time is running out or whatever but it feels like when you attack them without this circle up you do like half damage but when you're actually hitting them with the circle up, you do your normal damage, or maybe it's you do normal damage before and you do like double damage after. It whatever it is, it's a big damage increase, so you want to make sure you exploit it as much as possible. Which becomes like I guess the whole cycle of how you fight bosses. Right. Um You can use items uh in battle. For the most part, you don't really need them too much um so there is recovery medicine and revival medicine but you only get five of those and i don't think there's a way to increase unless i missed it i mean no hold, which would have been very nice for that labyrinth but of course uh, i mean you find, challenge yeah, it's a challenge it's definitely a challenge i mean you can find some in uh treasure chests randomly uh if you remember where the treasure chests are, if you want to go through that whole rigmarole, <clears throat> which when I first run through, I definitely was like saving up my 
revival and recovery medicines. Um, revival. So every time you're KO'd, uh, your hit point max goes down. I'm not sure how much, uh, like ten percent or something, maybe. It looked like a fifth. Maybe that's what it was. I I, I think you die five times, and you're like down to like I don't know an inch left on your bar every time. So yeah, if if you do that. You can use your revival medicine, and it'll take that bar all the way back to normal. Whereas a recovery medicine will just take one of those bars away. Um, so you want to make sure you're using your you want to like save your your revival medicine for like the end. Um, but if all three of your characters are dead at the same time, it's game over. So right. uh, you have to like balance that. Like you can you can be fighting something, and two of your characters can be dying like dying. And you can run around avoiding attacks and wait for them to come back up before you like invest yourself again. Yeah. And sometimes that's a good strategy, but other times it's not because the enemy you're fighting one shots you anyway. So you're like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I know what I'm doing. But the so the game is not too unforgiving where you don't get total game over. You can just restart from the start of the level. So that's not that was a well, nice depending. Actually, depending on where you're at, so if you're like fighting the boss, you start at the screen before, or like you the entrance to the boss. Right. So, it's not. I, don't, I, I the other times I ever died was against bosses, and it usually was against gold dragons. Yep. Uh, and because they those are bullshit bosses, but. <laughs> well, yeah, learn like I I was fine with the gold dragons because I learned just to stay by his tail. I mean, I mean that's that's a cool thing too. But like th- this game is, the, you definitely have to learn the tactics and uh, figure out your own strategies, which I like that. Um, but it's too much rep- repetition. Like you're just doing the same shit over and over and over again. So, like I said, if this game was shorter, I think my appreciation of it would be a lot better. Um, it's just they bloated this game so far and so much that kind of pissed me off. But uh, back to items. There's a couple other uh, recovery items. So, like, there's anti-venom, which, of course, takes away poison. Uh, There's clarity fluid, which takes away confusion. Uh, So when you get confused, it's basically, like, your your, uh, actions are the opposite of whatever you're doing. So you walk backwards and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Essence of Mandrake will cure paralysis. Um, I think that's the only... And then the recovery medicine does everything. I think the other thing is like you can become uh, stone, um, but there isn't like anything that cures that besides recovery medicine, right? Yeah, uh, I think so. <clears throat> I just let my characters break out of it naturally. Yeah. The other time I used uh, any kind of like status curing items was when I was fighting gold dragons, and everybody's like paralyzed, and I was like, "You fucking cunt." So I just would have to unparalyze everybody, so they just didn't die immediately to like the next twenty fucking lightning strikes. Yeah, and every once in a while, everyone will get confused, and I'll just like get annoyed, so I'll just use the clarity fluid since I had like I never. I, I'm looking at my my screen now. I had seventy nine of those, so I that definitely just kept you know stacking those as I got them. Um, the other items you get uh, there's a there's a I, definitely a great like a nice item which is called the scroll return so you can use it uh anywhere in a dungeon to return to the start of the dungeon or out of the dungeon i can't remember which one it is but um it makes you leave yeah but yeah those are nice they're kind of rare in the beginning of the game but after a while you just you 
you get like so many, it doesn't matter. So I had like 55 at the end of the game. You just buy them too. Yeah, you can buy them too. Uh, but I don't think you ever, I don't think I ever needed to. Uh, I did. I bought like a full stack of like 90. <laughs> and okay. Because I was using them all the time. Like at one point, uh, like I had like 11 and I fluctuated between like 8 and 12. Like I'd get some in treasure chests and then I'd use them. Or sometimes I wouldn't have to use them. But at the end of the game, like I started getting really low because I was just going through quests so much and I wasn't getting even chests anymore. I think I had like four at one point. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy a full stack. And I think I finished the game uh, using most of them. I had like 50 something left. You know, I think I did do that because <coughs> basically money doesn't mean anything after a certain point. So I was like, I'll just buy 99 of these and not have to worry about them ever again. <coughs> Because once you get 99 or something, you can't open the chest with it. I'll be like, you can't, you have too many of these, you can't open this chest. Which kind of is annoying if you have, like, recovery medicine. And it's, like, the first time you're going through a map. Because <clears throat> after you open a treasure chest the first time, it always shows up on the map. But if you don't open it, even though you try to, it won't show up on the map. So that's yeah. kind of that annoying. I'm like, okay, I gotta go get hit by by something. Use recover medicine real quick and go run back. I mean, I guess it wasn't really that big of a deal looking back on it, but I don't know. It was annoying at the time, definitely. Uh, Speaking of items, there's also like randomly, uh, well, not randomly, pseudo randomly. There'll be like random uh, blue or white glowing spots in the ground, and those will have random shit. But it so depends where you're at. Some locations, they'll be in a marked spot, and they show up every time, and they're quest items. And then other locations, they're just random shit. But they'll show up on the map, too. I also noticed <clears throat> that the first time you run a dungeon, there's way more treasure chests, and then they don't, they, like, disappear sometimes the second time you run through the dungeon. Except I think that might be because sometimes you have fixed items in chests. They're usually, like, they're unique items. Like, what's the... There's one, uh, which is, uh, I don't know why it sticks in my head, but it's the, uh, I think it's the underground crypt. So the first time I ran through that, uh, there was like treasure chests in that very first like area where you like have to jump over like the gate. Yeah. And then never got there anymore. Never again. I'm like, what? Uh, why? Like, I don't understand why that one, that one random screen is the first, like the only time. Maybe because they didn't want you farming it or something, but I guess. But I don't know. Could be, because it's like right at the entrance. And I guess if you took like a level 90 quest or something, you just run right in, get a bunch of high level shit, run out. Right. That's what Which I get. It was just a strategy people hosted on GameFAQs anyway for getting stronger gear, but I'm like, uh, why? <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. I never needed anything like that. Um. So yeah, a lot of those items you find on the ground. Um, or part of quests uh, you can get from the Ventures Guild uh, later on. Uh, so you can stack those. Oh, yeah, you can pre-pick up items, too. Yeah. But the, So the quests you get are random, so sometimes you may have a quest item already, and it, you accept the quest, and like, oh, you have it already? Here you go. Yeah. And you turn the quest in right then. Yeah, some are regular items, some are quest items, which is weird, but... Okay. And you can sell some, the regular items for money if you want, but I just hoarded them all for quests to the end to pop that trophy, but that was worthless anyway, because since the quests are random, I got maybe three like spawns of a quest item procurement thing, 
that I was able to, to use, and the rest of the shit I just holding on to for no reason. I could have sold them for money earlier. Yep, yep. And that's one of those things that was kind of like a disappointment for me. It was like, hey, you got these S-ranked swords and stuff, but you're never able to upgrade them or anything. So it's like, there's no point in keeping them because you're not going to go back to like a sword that's 200 attack lower than what you can get. That's like a C rank now. So I was like, oh, they have some cool like status effects, but you can't really use them anymore. Yeah, evidently, when you hit, like, I don't know, level 80, the stuff you start finding in dungeons is better than all the named items anyway. Yeah, So, for sure. Um, so, I think that is about it on items. Uh, like, we can get to equipment, so everyone has, a, like, a sword, or... So, Ares has a sword, Dagda has some kind of... Claw, gauntlets, I'd say. Gauntlets, or something that goes on his wrist, and Selene, or Selene, or how do you say it? So, they say Selene in the game, so. so uh, they do? Okay. Yeah, each, each, it looks like each syllable is uh, said, so like Selene, for some reason. Selene. It might be because she's like a darkness or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's. But it's, it's, it definitely reads as Selene if you're looking at it. Yeah, so that's how, maybe I just ignored it the whole game and just said Selene or Selene in my head. But anyway, Selene has uh, daggers or knives or whatever you want to call them. Um, and then everyone can have an armlet, a ring, and a necklace, talisman, or something like that as their equipment. And they all do various different things, or they do nothing, depending if they're high level or not. You know, some of them give you different types of, uh, adds a different type of attack, like Elemental attack to your sword, or immunity to the one, immunity percentage. Which it's like, why can't you just do yes or no? I don't like this. Like fifty six percent of the time, you'll be immune, but other the other half, you're not. Um, just another layer of <laughs> yeah. uh, dumpster diving, dungeon grinding, equipment, random RNG bullshit. Uh, some of them you can get, which are what you want, are, uh, well, if you're going for the Platinum Trophy, it's like, give you a high experience, or plus experience, um, and then SP, which, by the time I was, I would say don't try to grind for SP if you're going for the Platinum Trophy, because you'll have 900, well, I had 99,999, and it was maxed out by the time I got to level 99, so you don't really have to worry about it, you'll get all those skills, before you hit 99. <clears throat> um, so yeah, that's I think we touched on that, but um, the all the attacks and everything you upgrade with the spirit points, I think is what they are. It's probably soul points. Soul points. You're right. Yeah. I don't think they say, they just say SP the whole time, but my assumption would be soul points because you love them at the soul or whatever. Yeah. Um... So, each town, uh, they have, most towns have an Adventurer's Guild, a shop, and a Mage's Guild, and a Tavern. Um, some will not have, like, a Mage's Guild, some will not have an Adventurer's Guild, well, like, one or two, or something like that, but most of them have those. Um, and then, Liberdam, which I think is a starting town, uh, has an arena, and after so many quests, the Figo Estate uh, pops up, which is 
uh, basically where you go play some mini games of blackjack or you play magic chest. And that's your favorite one. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. Uh, I definitely played that for like a couple hours just to max out my medals. And so I can get all the prizes. So, uh, depending on what chapter you're on, there's some high level, uh, U ranked, um, weaponry and equipment you can get. So it's very nice because like basically for after I did that until like chapter five, I didn't need any other armor because I got these rings that like they're called meat like stone rings and hit points were regenerate during battle level four. So basically everyone was kind of like, I didn't ever, ever have to heal anybody anymore, which is nice until I got to the labyrinth. Um, Labyrinth is a bitch. So. But anyways, uh, you get medals for winning, and uh, you can buy them if you want. So a lot of the strategy guides said you could just buy the medals, but whatever, I was stubborn at the time, and I just won them all. Did you buy them at the end of the game? Yes, I bought them at the end of the game. There's <laughs> <laughs> okay. no way. I'm going to play Magic Chess for hours just to get enough for $100,000 or 100,000 medals or whatever for the trophy. And then buy the rest. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Like there was time when I was. So what I did was I was grinding experience at the end of the game. I bought um, each of the weight, uh, the weighted bracers, whatever the fuck they're called, for the experience boost. And I kept that on everybody. Uh, and that like put me down the hole. I don't know, twelve thousand or twelve hundred or whatever the fuck it is medals. But ultimately, it wasn't that bad. Uh, and yes, I just, so I bought that, grinded money, grinded experience for, to level up, and the, I just bought medals as I had the money for them. Okay. Yeah, so those are two ways you can do it. Um, so the Adventurers Guild, uh, basically is where you go to get all your quests. Um, most of the, like, normal quests, like, you have to do some like forty or something to get a trophy, right? Or is it seventy? I think seventy. Seventy. I don't know why I said forty. Uh, seventy to get the trophy. Um, they're your base. I don't know. They're your basic like. Well, there's like seven types. Yeah, there's there's hunt, escort, there's... rescue, recovery, find, collection, elimination. Uh, so you go hunt a, a monster, escort some dumbass into a cave, rescue some dumbass from a cave. Uh, recovery is, I think, you find, like, some item in a chest or something, right? Or someone left something <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, to go pick it up. Uh, find is where you find the item that they dropped, or in the chest? One. It's, a, it's, it's one of those, yeah, one of those two is you look for an item that somebody lost, and the other one is they're looking for, like, a specific regional item from that dungeon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Collection is collecting so many of, like, those like uh, the one the uh, random bullshit yeah, garbage show, yeah they show up on the screen and those ones suck uh, I don't the, the only reason I I got those is just from running dungeons and finding them anyways and then elimination is like hey eliminate twenty of these trolls or whatever it is so I always just try to get some of those anyways because like hundred goblins wasn't that hard to do whatever. You're doing it passively as you're in the dungeon. Right, yeah, yeah. So, might as well have those ones on. 
as you're going anyways. But that, I did notice there's like a five quest limit unless you have like uh, storyline quests. Those don't take up the limit, which is super fucking annoying because if you accidentally get like let's say you get like three elimination quests and then you have like one collection quest or something and then you've got like a hunt quest and then you see you get to another adventures guild and there's a quest that you want there you're like oh you have too many quests i'm like i've only got five <laughs> how's that too many so you can cancel quests if you want that's no big deal but you also get yeah so the tavern is where you go hear local rumor rumors or whatever then you can talk to some npcs and this is where you get some of these like storyline quests that you I think you have to do all of them um from the taverns to get the uh the journal 100%. So the only way to get a journal 100% is to do go to every freaking town and go through well sometimes you get it from the uh the shop, the shop yeah or the and the mage guild so, or the adventurers guild yeah and there's like I mean, I'm sure, like, there's there's no guide, so it's not like, hey, you have to go to this one during this time. No one's wrote a guide for this game yet, because no one likes this game. Uh, <laughs> that much, at least. And so, yeah, basically, he's got to go through every town and, like, cycle through. Hopefully, I think at, at the end of the game, they'll all show up anyways, but um, some of them don't show up to certain times of the game. But they all show up at the end, or in Chapter 5, so... You can wait till then to do them all. I definitely forgot about some quest lines because at the end of the game, I was going back through towns and I got some that are like, "Oh, this is a level thirty quest," and I'm like, "Level 90. It's like, "Well, yeah. this is going to be <laughs> yeah, easy." Run through that one. Um, but yeah, so they all randomly take you to different. Uh, all those quests will take you to different uh, dungeons you've been through through the game for the story. Um, so yeah, this is where you get the repet repetition of having to go through all these just to get so this is where part of like we we're talking about where the trophy comes in because part one of the trophies is you have to have the whole uh journal filled out 100 percent, all the characters 100 percent, beast tree 100 percent. uh i think i don't know if the glossary is part of it i think that's part of the main game um yeah i didn't have to do the glossary so I'm, i missed a thing uh Apparently, he had to visit uh, Orpheus or whatever at the his cabin at one like one specific point of the game to, for have, to have him give you a glossary entry, and I missed it. So, that's the only one I missed, and I was like, "That's kind of bullshit." Can you go back and get it? No. Oh no, shit! There was like a fucking. Oh my god. Yeah, it's when you, it's when you first learn about the Dark Knights or whatever. You have to go talk to him about them, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I know something about the Dark Knights," and then. It, Brings up a Dark Knight's glossary entry or something. I'm like, are you shitting? Holy shit, I'm glad I didn't miss that. <laughs> Darkness, you mean? Uh, I don't know. It's like it's near the bottom. Something about Dark Knights or something. I don't know. Maybe Darkness. I can't tell you. Well, it's an but... order. That's why I was like, uh, well, then I don't know. This it could be something else, but it's definitely near the bottom, and it's just question marks. Because I only have like a 97 percent glossary. Shit. But that's not part of the trophy? Nope. Oh. Okay. I thought it was part of the trophy. I was going to be like, I was, if I would have missed that trophy because of that one journal entry, <laughs> I'd have been pissed. Or the glossary. Fuck that. But yeah, I got 100% glossary, so I must have done it at the right time then. Um, 
Yeah, I, I spent 80 hours in this game, just so you know. I'm sorry. That's my game clock. <laughs> oh, well. Half of that was playing Magic Chess, though. <laughs> I bet you, like, two or three hours, at most. Once I have learned how to beat the game, uh, there's, like, certain times you just back out when you're like, oh, this is not going to be a good one. But, uh, yeah, once you... Okay. Once you kind of figure out the... There's only so many screens of it, and you're like, oh, this is going to be an easy one, or this is going to be a hard one, or your timing gets good just because you play, you've been playing for so long. Because it's like, basically, some the Magic Quest game, or Magic Box game, it's like, there's a line, and you got to get it in a box. And when you hit X, the way the... Depending on the screen, they react differently, so it's kind of frustrating at first, but once you kind of... What? You're doing a little disservice to the description. So it's like you have a, a, a line that's on top of the screen, like a bar. Yeah. And in random parts of the bar, are, certain areas are filled in a different color. You can have, I think blue is for times two, red is for point half, uh, yeah, times half. And then you have, like, was it orange for times three? Yeah. And then you have like a little needle that moves back and forth, left and right, or it just goes com- continuously in one direction and like it hits the end and it spawns back on the other side. And it, it goes at a variable speed. Sometimes it'll be really slow, and then sometimes it'll be like it'll run through the whole thing in like a second or two. Mm-hmm. And you have to press, sometimes I think it's like it cross or X to to stop it. Yeah. And it has, um, it still has velocity, so it doesn't stop immediately when you press the X button. It like you press X, and it's like okay, I'm gonna slow down. So depending on the speed, uh, you have to uh, like just know when to press the button to give it the, how much distance to stop at before it gets to the area you want it to be in. Right. And, so, and so, sometimes it's super fucking slow and you're like, this is easy. And then sometimes it's going at light speed and you're like, I'm fucked. Normally if it, the first level is light speed or fast, it just gets faster from there. So you might as well just get like back out of that one. That's what I normally do. And then if it starts really slow, usually it'll go, stay slow and the last one might be kind of faster, but so you can, uh, the max amount of times you can, like, double or nothing your bet is five. So after five, you automatically win, and you start over again. So once you get good at it, you can typically uh, max out your chest. So sure would be nice if they just let you keep going if you wanted to give up. Yeah. Save you a lot of time. Yeah. Just more padding. Thanks, devs. Yeah, thanks guys. Thanks for making this game worth the fifty bucks I paid for it in twenty twenty two. Yeah, Rob's. I got the di- I got the physical, not the digital. I didn't. Yeah. Anyways, uh, think anything else in gameplay you want to go over? Uh, just to specify, like when you're in towns, it's not like actual town exploration. It's just a menu. That so we, and, uh, I guess I didn't go through all the uh, categories. <clears throat> Character growth. So uh, to level up, uh, each level. So for the first level is a thousand XP, then it's two thousand XP, then it's all the way up to ninety nine thousand, right? Yeah. And then after that, you're maxed. So, and uh, if I monsters higher level than you, you get a lot more experience points if you fight anything your level or lower you basically get one or something it's not it's not anything so it's almost not 
it's not worth wasting your time fighting in those guys that are lower level than you just run past them. After a certain point, you're like, why am I fighting this? I just keep going. Because uh, even like the item drops you get from those are not even good because they're all that level. Whatever level they are, that's the level of the item that's going to drop, so it's not worth it. Um, so we talked about the mini games, which is Magic Chess, Blackjack. Uh, is there anything else? That's it. That's it. I guess you can, if you want to include like all the side questing, like from the uh, Ventures Guild, those are kind of mini games, I guess, to to a degree. Because uh, that's like the main game. That's what the game is. Oh, it's I just would say optional. That. Like the arena is also a side quest. Yeah, I'd say that or a mini game because uh, that's what you start off as in the, in the beginning of the game is like your gladiator and. So you have to do some like a few in the very beginning, but after that, it's like you just go back and fight whenever. And um, some of them will give you level appropriate gear, um, and some of them will give you like increased base stats, so you can increase like. But those are usually you gotta fight like, you know, gold dragons or something, which are almost not worth it because. When you're at level 99, nothing can really beat you. Like, you can beat this game at, what, level 55, I think, is, like, the final chapter? So, yeah, somewhere around there. So if you get to level 50, like, you can beat the game pretty easily. Uh, you can switch... Oh, that's another thing I learned after <laughs> I beat the game, was that you can switch to difficulty and still get the trophies. So you can beat this game on easy and get all the trophies if you want to... There's a trophy hunter out there, like, just play it on easy. Uh, I don't know how much easier it is, but uh, definitely made... My, my last run through the, the labyrinth, like, not so bad. I just was able to run through it and just get through, you know, be done with the game a lot quicker, so. I think it, like, kills some of the enemy AI and then, like, halves their stats or something, because you definitely do a lot more damage. Because you do the same thing after you beat it, you just turn it easy. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't really feel like beating my head against this shit anymore. Yeah. Like, you put it in there, I mean... You made the trophies super hard, so this is the one thing I can do to make my life a little easier. So, um, but yeah, you can toggle on or off the mini map, which you definitely want the mini map because uh, some of those places are confusing as fuck to get through, especially like the underground, like where the doors live or whatever. That place is kind of confusing. Uh, you can t- turn off enemy hit points, so that's the last thing. Uh, traversal, uh, basically you run around, uh, on the maps, uh, for the dungeons and whatnot, and then between towns, it's like point to point, you just click on it and automatically travel there. Uh, shops, uh, it's just, well, I guess the regular shop will sell you, uh, weapons and armor, and then the mages guild will sell you your items. And yeah, basically just your items. Oh, and like we said earlier, seal scrolls. Yeah, your your seal scrolls. Um, that's all. That's all the shops are. Uh, besides a few go estate where you can trade your your uh, what are they called? Metals. Metals. You can trade your metals for things. Um, anything else unique? About gameplay? Uh, 
I guess for an action RPG uh, around this time, ha- being able to control three characters was unique. Yeah. Um, and then having the ability to, I guess, like hot swap, like customize your combat abilities was pretty unique because normally when that what like in action games at the time your abilities depended on like the weapon you had equipped and i'm thinking of like devil may cry and stuff or or if it was more of an action game um like you were kind of stuck with a skill set based on like what your weapon is uh like drakengard for example uh like the main character only uses swords or spears or whatever and you could just do like basic combo attacks with like square and triangle and then like maybe like a special attack with circle so this is, like, I guess a step up from that, but also a step back because you couldn't really modify any of the moves. Like, you could level them up, but they were still always the same move. Yeah. Uh, so, you, like, you have your normal attacks, which you level up, you just get more into a normal attack chain. Uh, like, a fireball that you shoot out just gets stronger, makes a bigger explosion. Uh, there's a skill you can learn to chain combo, uh, or, like, make combos, quote-unquote, with your skills. And all that just means is you can use your skill without having to wait two seconds between the next one. Uh, like, up to X many times. I think Aureus and Dagda had three, and uh, Selene had five, but I'm not 100% sure. And all I know, so it's not like... What's that? So all I know is I just spam Fireball. Like, anytime there's a bunch of monsters, just, like, that's that's how you crowd-controlled a lot. I spam the shit out of Fireball. I don't know what you did. Yeah, I spam the shit out of Fireball, too. Okay. I used so I used for areas I used the fireball. I used I kept normal attack and the square button on it for every um every character, even on the, the switched um oh, ability I did not, side. I did not do that. Uh, I well I did that because there'd be times where like maybe I wanted to use like a different spell or whatever, but I always wanted to have access to the physical attacks because I always forget uh like what fucking um skills slot I was on or whatever, like whether I was on skill slot 1 or skill slot 2. So I just kept the fucking melee attacks there because then, worst case scenario, if I'm like having a brain fart, I at least like still a physical attack while I'm trying to figure out what the fuck, where am I at with the skills. And I only ever found I needed to have like one of each element uh, uh, like in the additional spots, like fire and ice for Arius, and then the other skill slot I used, like, Darkness, and then uh, just some random shit. And I hardly used Dagda until the end game, and Selene, I only used her when I needed to do her, like, moon attack type on an enemy, really, until I unlocked at least the doppelganger ability and maxed that out. Then I used her more, because I felt like she did, uh, she was able to take down uh, creatures faster that were weak to ice, so used her somersault ability a lot, and uh, she did a decent amount of damage, like attacking like four times per about half a second with her melee attack with her clones. Right. The reason, uh, yeah, but mainly for AOE stuff, fireball, fireball all the all the time. Yeah. The only reason I didn't uh, put attack on both, uh, like I guess sets of uh, abilities, is because. The when the AI will use all the abilities that are available, um, when they're not using them, and I didn't want to waste a slot basically. And if I ever switched them, if I was, I would always just like reassign. If if I was using like Dagda for a certain boss because they're weak to it, I would just make sure um, I, the one, the two, or 
skills I needed were on his normal attack uh, screen. So. Okay. I guess we all have our way of doing it. Yeah, I don't like pausing the game too much in an action game, so I just I just kept the abilities that I would use all the time. Like I probably did, didn't use half the abilities at all. I never used the mines or or uh, anything essentially on the third soul that Stanley got. Uh, I can't tell you what half the abilities that fucking Dagda has. Uh, <laughs> I tried to I tried using the um, the meteor thing with Arya, so that was too slow, so I never used that. Yeah, the meteor thing sucked balls. That's what it was I'm... great, though, against the Dragon King god thing, whatever the fuck it was. Because I died like eight times against that motherfucker. And then somebody's like, oh yeah, just jump in the air and use the meteors. And I was like, what? So I did that, and it worked great. I was like, oh. I just used air okay. and then did my trinity attack, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hid behind. Well, like, you can hit high, like, not high behind, but you can, like, uh, stand behind, like, whatever barrier there is, so none of this attacks hit you, and then just jump up and hit the arrows, and then build up your attack, and then uh, Trinity attack them. And I was, like, way over-leveled by the time, because I, I didn't fight him until after I got out of the Labyrinth the first time. Oh, shit. Okay. So, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go through this now and do it. Uh, I think I was only in, like, my early 70s when I was fighting him, because I was like, oh, let me take this out first, and then I'll do the Labyrinth later. And uh, I definitely paid the price for that, because I was getting one-shot by the motherfucker. It seemed like, I mean, he was pretty spongy, even, like, after the Labyrinth, but I was, like, not uh, too badly affected. Like, I maybe had to use one or two potions or something, but nothing like... Damn. Yeah. No, I definitely used all of my resources. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let me turn this shit to easy, too. Oh, yeah, I I definitely, uh, definitely did not do that um, but yeah, then the, the last, the end game was kind of laughable. I, I, that's one thing I don't like about games when they do that. It's like, don't give me like post game shit before I beat the game, you know? Yeah. It's like now the game's like just laughably easy and like watching areas get his ass kicked and like that scene, you're like, no, no. But anyways, that's just part of the gaming. I know. But anyways, we can uh, go and we can go and grade it. Unless there's something else. No, pretty much covers everything. There might be. I mean, there's probably there's always stuff we miss, but I highly doubt anybody's going to be like, "Uh, hey guys, in that Trinity Soul review, you missed this important thing." Yeah. If if anybody plays this because of us, I'd be surprised. So. Well, I'm definitely not going to give it glowing reviews. Uh, I mean, it might be something. It's one of those games like I had no idea about, and uh, I kind of I think I wrote this down uh, in over or overall, but I could say it now. But like, it's not like a uh, hidden gem. I would say it's more, it's more like uh, finding like that lost sock in the dryer. Like it's oh, that's nice. And I have both socks, but it's not like super exciting. That's how, I would, that's how I would say it. So, I'm not sure how you feel about it. Uh, I have a, like, I guess like I said, I don't know if I was saying this earlier on pre-show or if I said it here uh, on the actual show. Where I think it's like a, a B movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a B horror movie. Yeah. Where you know it's not great, 
But uh, at least for me, it's a guilty pleasure, and I could definitely get some enjoyment out of it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. And you have to be partial to this kind of stuff to really like it. I think that's part of my problem too. It's like I'm not a action uh, RPG type like a game. Like I don't mind them, but it's not my favorite. I'd rather play a traditional turn base, you know. But it's fun to mix it up every once in a while. I definitely like Star Ocean way more than this. I like that battle system a lot. Um, the one we're playing uh, for the next show. Like, that's really fun uh, compared to Tales, you know? Like that. Oh, for sure. It's, it's, it's odd. Like, it's, an, it's an odd feeling for me like to be playing an RPG where battles literally can take like five seconds. I'm like, oh shit. It's so much breezier. I don't know what the fuck just happened. Yeah, it's all, it's like all on screen. There's no like cut to, you know, a battle. Which I don't remember. Did Tales have that? The last Tales game we played? It did. Yeah. You you had overworld enemies, and then like you got into this like battle arena, and you fought them, and then you left the battle arena. Because there was like the whole like post battle like cutscene shit where they're like, oh yeah, we did it. And you got like your item drops, your experience things or whatever. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, have one or the other. Don't have, don't get, make me go into a separate screen because that takes way too damn long. Unless you're doing a tra- traditional RPG, right? Then it's a, it's allowed because you're setting up a strategy thing, right? Yeah. Obviously, we have the capabilities to do combat at, like simultaneously, uh, like as you're exploring. So just keep it that way. Yeah, I think uh, my fa- like. The way they've done it best so far is like Final Fantasy VII Remake, the Yuffie version, you know? Yeah. That was like the most fun I've had with action RPG. Because, yeah, like you, like you start with like, you know, basic attacks and you definitely build up. And like, then you're just, you feel like a badass. Like, that's how I want to feel when I'm playing these games. You know, and not like, I don't know. I feel like at a certain point, like, some of these enemies should just be like, instant death you know instead of having like to grind them all even though like i'm way higher level than them like so in this game like that's one of the things like annoy the crap out of me it's like i'm 30 levels ahead of you but it still takes like five hits to kill you like that's annoying yeah so it should get like you should scale over the and like as you level up the enemies should just be you know well, like, so, like, trails, where you hit an overall enemy and they just explode. Yeah. Like, give me, yeah, give me my time. Don't waste my time. So. I can down with that. <clears throat> um, but, uh, going back to this game, the battle system, it's not bad, it's just, like I said, it's over, it's bloated. It's just, you're doing, if they cut this game down to 30 hours, and not so much bloat, uh, with a story and going back and forth through dungeons over and over and over again, where it's like, oh, I have to go all the way back to the last fucking screen of the dungeon by foot and fight through all these swarms of enemies every time. It's like, it just gets very, very boring after a while. So The worst defenders are the escort ones, where you like you walk into the dungeon and then you're like, oh, you find an NPC, now I have to walk slowly because they walk slowly. Yeah. Right. Some most of them, uh, you can teleport after you find them. I found that out. I was like, I'm just gonna. Well, it depends. It depends if you're if you're doing like a 
a find or a rescue or whatever the fuck it is. Because sometimes you can, like you said, you can find them and they're like, oh, cool, thanks for letting me know. And they leave. Yeah. And it's like, quest complete. And you can get the fuck out. But then other times it's just like, oh, uh, I need help getting out of here. Can you get me to the entrance? And you're like, mm, you got in here by yourself, man. You're like, hey, you can definitely get out. Like, no. <laughs> you try to use your scroll, and you're like, you can't use your scroll. You're like, God damn it. Okay. So yeah, uh, I think to me this, the gameplay. I don't want to be too hard on it, but well, I'm giving it a two point five. So okay. you... then I'm gonna give it a two. I'm gonna give it a two. It's uh, so for me, uh, I think the gameplay is okay, but like you said, it's not good enough to carry the 40 minutes sometimes you spend walking through a dungeon you've already walked through eight times yeah so if this was like you said less bloat in like the story area uh and like less bloat in the side quest area like nothing elated me more than having a quest and then also like a side quest in the same dungeon because i'm like thank god i only have to go here one more time (laughs) for both of these yeah yeah uh so it's uh I guess, the, and I guess, like the worst part is, like you'll go through a dungeon one time at the beginning of the game, and they're like, "Oh, we don't have access to the other part of the dungeon yet." Oh god! So you're like, "Okay." I'm definitely gonna be leave. five more times. So you, in my head, I'm like, "I'm five more times gonna be here." Yeah, and then like you gradually open more shit, but like nothing has really changed from the beginning parts of the dungeon, and it's like, mm, okay. And then they're like, you get to the labyrinth, and you're like, they're like, oh. This are these are places we've been to before. And you're like, fuck. Also, you have to redo all the puzzles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, all the switches and everything you hit. Yeah, you gotta do those again too. Oh, maps are all shadow. Uh, was it shadow of war, fog of war? They're all fog of war again. So you don't know where shit's at if you haven't been there enough. There's like, the all right. screen in that labyrinth I was happy about, and it's the one where uh, it's a straight line. You're like, oh, okay. Thanks for giving me one of these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ran past all those motherfuckers. I'm like, I am not fighting you. Nope. Nope. Oh, yeah. Nope. Bye. Uh, like, uh, like all, the, all the chests respawned, but I'm like, at this point, I just want to go to the end to kill the big bad at the end. I don't care. Yeah. This is my last thing I'm doing. Yeah, because like most of, the ch- most of the chests, you're like, oh, great. Another revive potion that I don't need. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, I can cure paralysis with this. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Alright. Uh, I guess that brings us to the first music break. Which uh, is normal as tradition. It's uh, main theme, Brent's pick. Uh, and uh, this is this should be the one from the uh, opening screen, which is The Odyssey Begins, right? Sounds right to me. So yeah, this is Brent's pick, uh, The Odyssey Begins.
Um, so the way the story is presented in this game is not great. Um, you have brief story uh, moments that are punctuated with long dungeon delves. And then you get out and like the story doesn't really progress too much. Uh, because you have to go through so many, like, a bunch of dungeons usually each chapter and look for, like, random, uh, the hell are those things called? Not Deus Ex, Ex Machina's, but the other thing. The fucking McGu McGu MacGuffins. Yeah. And, like, you just look for random shit, and then, uh, after finding so much random shit, they're like, oh, we can go on to the next part of the story now. And, uh, if they removed a lot of that fat, and like really slimmed it down, it would have been a, a decent story because it's a typical revenge plot, and it's um, in a world where it's almost like nothing goes right for anybody. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people are just uh, lackadaisical about a lot of stuff and not really looking towards the future. Which is probably not a good way for your citizenry to be, uh, but it is the way it is. Um, so the, your main character, Arius, uh, is the grandson of this emperor named Baylor, who evidently, by all accounts, used to be a really nice guy, until uh, something happened. I guess his his wife got killed, and he became evil. And the I guess the previous emperor he was serving. Uh, like distrusted him because he was like so strong and so like good or whatever that he uh, to prove his loyalty he had him like burn half his face off. Um, and after that point he I guess became jaded and distrustful of the emperor. And I don't remember exactly the circumstances, but somehow the old emperor got removed and he became the new emperor. Pretty sure he killed him. I would not doubt it. Uh, but they don't really touch on that too much. It's like, I think at the beginning of the game, they talk about it or something. Uh, and that was, like, what, 80 hours ago? <laughs> yep. So, it's not really important. All you need to know is that he's the emperor now, and he's kind of a dick. And to exacerbate that, he's got this, like, uh, second-in-command, right-hand man mage guy named Zophar or something, or Zophar. Yep, Zophar. Who, who somehow has the ability to peer into the future. And he makes these prophecies about stuff. And that's how also how Baylor has kept his dominance. He uses this guy's uh, foresight to like make the right moves to really cement his rule as like the emperor. And his dream is to become the ruler of the entire world. And uh, he's presented by this prophecy by Zophar that's like, hey, just to let you know, you're going to get killed by one of your grandsons. And uh, because this is now a prophecy... Of course, he does everything he can to make sure the prophecy happens by going out of his way to kill his daughter and her unborn child, and then also the son that he has and his quote-unquote quote illegitimate love child with an elf. So, so his son is a half-elf. And, uh, of course, by doing this, he actually ensures the prophecy happens because he instills a hatred into... Arius, who is the grandson who manages to escape with his elf mom and his like step adopted brother, who's also half elf, uh, and so Baylor's son Lug, 
was like hailed as the white knight or like white prince or whatever, prince of goodness and shit. And so he was obviously well liked and people were surprised when he was murdered. And I guess the same for his daughter. She wasn't a bad person either, but was also murdered. But Arius managed to escape watching like this scene unfold where his father's murdered by his grandfather and he swears vengeance against him. And then, I don't know, what, 10, 15 something years later, he is a gladiator in an arena in Libertum. And he's training under this guy, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name, Dag, not Dagmar. Darkwin? Darkin, or something, yeah. And, uh, so he's been doing that for a while, and he makes friends with this other gladiator named, uh, Dorado. And Dorado is seemingly untainted by the evils of the world. He's a nice, cheerful, happy go look. Good guy. Yeah. And uh, he, I guess because he's training partners with Arius, uh, he tries to befriend him, but Arius is pretty standoffish. He's developed an attitude because of his uh, built-up resentment and his, I guess, one goal he's had since his childhood of just revenge on Baylor. Uh, he's pushed everybody else away, and he relies on only himself. I guess he can't figure he trusts anybody because there's a bounty on his head. Uh... Still, uh, that's to be to be collected by anybody who wants a bunch of money just for him to be killed because that's what Baylor wants. So he doesn't really trust anybody with his secret, and he tries to keep people away so that nobody can find out that he can ultimately live to be strong enough to kill Baylor. Uh, but because of this, Dorado has no idea why he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he just tries to be his friend. And after training in the Gladi the arena for so long, um, I think Darkin suggests that they go out and start adventuring because it will make them stronger. And uh, he already he mentions that Dorado's been doing it already for some time. Uh, and so you go out with Dorado for like your first adventurer lesson on how to be an adventurer. You get a contract. You go out and you complete it successfully. And uh, Ares decides that, all right, this would be a cool thing to do on the side while also training as a gladiator. So you do some of it. What's that? I think this is where the game makes its first mistake. Um, by not having you and Dorado do more adventuring together. Because um, they want you, they, they try to sell it later that they're like best friend. Well, Dorado thinks of you as his best friend or whatever, all this stuff. But you only go out one time, or at least uh, in the game, you only go one time. Maybe they do more like in between times or something. But I think it would build like for me as a the player, you know, the player more affinity towards Dorado. You know, it's applied in the story that he's been at the Gladiator School for a couple of years, and they've been like best buds for that time or something. They don't really like show that. Because I guess they don't have time or something. They definitely invest their time in the wrong stuff. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they definitely could have expanded on their relationship more. And I don't know. They do do a bunch of cutscenes where they're like hanging out in their bunk bedroom. Yeah. And Dorado's like, "Hey, dude, I'm like your best friend. You can lean on me if you want to. You can trust me with stuff." And Arius is like, mm, "Maybe one day, or whatever." Yeah. And so. You do try to hint that they have a deep relationship, 
or at least a good friendship. Uh, but they just don't give it enough screen time to really let it sink into the player. Right. They like spend so much time as uh, you know on them as adventurers, and Dorado already has a different you know thing going on at that point that I think it makes the later scenes like not as impactful as they want it to be. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um, yep, yeah, so Arius does a bunch of random adventures and then stumbles upon this uh, big Bolden guy in a hole, but apparently it's not deep enough for Kevin. To, <laughs> and he helps him get out of the hole. He's, he literally <laughs> can reach his hand up to the top and pull himself out if he wanted to. He's, uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. It, Another mistake that they made. They didn't make the hole big enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, Arius gets his... I think he jumps down there and, like, fights some of the monsters with him. So how... No, he doesn't. Doesn't he? No. No, there's nothing in the hole. He So he originally gets a quest because I guess this guy's partner is like, hey, I kind of just abandoned my partner. Can you go help him and find him? He's probably hungry. It's been a couple days. So you get, like, a loaf of bread. And Arius is like, all right, whatever. So you go and find this guy in a hole. And you pull him up, and he's like, oh, man, I'm so hungry. And you give him the bread, and he's like, hey, since you're here, can you help me finish the quest I'm doing? Okay. I'll, you'll get half of the reward or whatever. And Eric's like, all right, cool. So you do that, and Dagda's like, hey, we work really well together, and I need a new partner, so how about we partner up? Eric's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Sure. So you guys do a little more, a few more quests together. So and if you go... Responses to everything. Yeah, whatever. I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Fuck you. Fuck you. I don't. I mean, if you want to, I don't know. Uh, very, very. So yeah. Guy. Well, he's uh, he's had a very unfortunate life. I know, but so. Uh. I, I can relate. I was like, I was that way for a while. All right, so it's we're not all as fortunate to That's be with a loving family and stuff like that. So it's uh. Definitely easier to push people away than it is to like let them in again, so you get hurt again and stuff. Brother. So that's not. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He had a loving mom and brother. Like his dad was killed. Yes, but... Well, he's at that point consumed by vengeance. Any so any like any light, I guess, in his life, he doesn't see because he. There, so one, they're still constantly being hunted by Baylor, and uh, because of that, like they can't really settle anywhere and be safe. So, as the eldest brother, I guess, he's taken it upon himself to be the new protector of the family. So, he's like, I gotta go out there, and I gotta get strong, and I gotta kill Baylor so that my mom and my brother can be safe, and then we can finally be happy and live, or whatever. But, uh, th that doesn't happen, so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, you... After adventuring with Dagda for some time, like you learn that he can't go into Libertum for some reason because of some past stuff with the arena. And you guys do some more quests, and you take this one on where you have to go uh, kill this weird creature that is like fused half monster, half darkeneth or something. And you're like, all right, cool. And on your way there, you meet Selene, who's uh, trying to fight these particular creatures for some reason, but doesn't explain why. And Dagda invites her to tag along with them as part of the a trio, because they all work well together. And Arius is like, now go fuck yourself, bitch. And Selene's like, uh, well, if you need me, let me know, kind of thing. 
And so they had like a weird relationship going on with everybody working together. Sort of. Like sometimes people go off on their own errands and you're without them for like a mission or two and they'll come back. Sometimes Aries is like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm going to go fight by myself for some reason. And then you have to be convinced to work together with the team again. And this kind of get, carries on for a while. You meet with your mom and your brother in like a hidden horse uh, house that they have somewhere. And uh, they kind of convince you that, or they convince Arius that he just has to uh, like keep himself alive. That's the most important thing. They're safe there or whatever. Nothing, nothing's going to go wrong. Eventually, uh, he has, Arius has a conversation with Darkin, who's like, who finds out because I guess he gets accosted by some bounty hunters named Sheila, uh, Zenithus, and I can't remember who the last guy is, because he's, a, he's got like the least impact of any, any, any of the characters. Zero Shell? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Zero Shell, he said. The guy with the, white The ponytail. And the like, the gown, like the priest gown looking thing. I guess, it looks like Yuna. I guess if it was a male, that kind of outfit. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because so the bounty hunters are looking for Baylor's grandson, and they heard that uh, Arius might be him, so they attack him, and uh, they do manage to see. So, like the big hint is that he has a big scar on his back. That's the Baylor's grandson. That's how you identify him. Uh. So they find the scar on Aerith's back during the fight, but Darkin shows up and he's like, now this is my adopted son. He fights at the arena as a gladiator. Of course he's got scars on his back. Fuck off. So uh, Darkin, I guess, kind of knows what the deal is, but he doesn't probe too deep. And he's like, look, man, if you there's something you want to do, then you should do it. Uh, like, do whatever you need to do to get your thing done and then like move on with your life afterwards. So... Arius takes this as to, all right, I got to get close to Baylor to be able to eventually kill him. Yes. And he hears that there's mercenaries being. Or, or, first, well, Dorado tells him that he's going to apply to be a like officer in the Dinnaskal army, which is ba uh, Baylor's empire. And Arius is like, "Nah, dude, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do it." But after talking with Darkin, he's like, uh, okay, maybe that's my end to go and work my way up to be, approach Baylor and then just stab him or whatever the fuck I gotta do. Which is a dumb and idea. So, it's a dumb idea. It is. It is a real dumb idea. <laughs> but, you know, he's not, he's not the smartest character. <laughs> he is. Uh, so him and Dorado go, uh, apply for the officer school training or whatever fuck in this army. And during the course of this, like part of the, I guess, the, psycholog the psychological profile is you have to look into this stone egg and answer some questions and somehow the egg like finds out your worst memories and then whether or not you have like PTSD or something and so Arius has PTSD and he gets refused from uh, officer duty but Dorado makes it in and Dorado's like well you can always apply to be a mercenary that way you'll still be fighting the good fight in Dennis Cole's army because he's totally brainwashed and he thinks Dennis Cole is doing nothing but good things for people, even though, like, when you go around and talk to everybody, all the NPCs, they're like, yeah, the Dennis Call Army is, like, attacking towns and shit and taking over territory left and right. Uh, but they're going out saying they're killing monsters uh, as a, a guise to 
take over all this territory and shit. But Toronto's like, no, nah, man, they're cool. And so Ares is like, all right, fine, I'll be a mercenary then. So he goes off and joins the mercenaries, but also some for some reason Dagda and Selene tag along. And Dagda just does it because he's like, oh, man, uh, yeah, this is a new experience. I've never been a mercenary before. And I guess this dude's like 80-something because he used to fight in the arena. Then he was an adventurer. And now he's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to mix things up and be a mercenary. Why not? But Selene's like, yeah, I'm just here because I want to be a mercenary. Uh, but you find out later on it's because she's like working undercover for the queen of another nation or whatever. So that's her reason for joining. And quit. Coincidentally, they all get assigned to the same squad, and because they've already worked together as an adventuring party, they work well together in the squad, and they get kept as a squad in the mercenary group. That's probably uh, Dorado has something to do with it, too, I'm guessing. It could could be, but I don't think they say, like, overtly anything about that. They're just like, oh, yeah, this, this, this squad you're fighting in now is the squad you're staying in, kind of thing. Right. And uh, a convenient thing they do is that at the end of every chapter, they give you, like, a three minute recap because uh, they it's like they knew that they spent too much time padding the game out <laughs> you might forget the story right. so uh, you get like a three minute like cutscene between each chapter that's like hey this is where it happened this is what happened at the beginning this is what happened during the chapter and this is where we are now and it felt kind of weird like having that when it's like you just finished a chapter and then they, they replay the like the last 30 seconds of the chapter and you're like hmm uh, yeah, I literally just watched that. Thanks. Yeah. Like, how do I skip this? Oh, I, I can't. Oh. <laughs> what? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so that brings us to chapter two. And chapter two is one of the longest chapters, but it has the least amount of plot, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and that's essentially, uh, you take mercenary missions. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You're trying to find that damn sword. Yeah, like, uh, Dorado becomes an officer, and he's like, hey, we have a mission here. Uh, well, first off, it starts off, we're going to clear out monsters from these right. areas and make the place safer. Yeah, Dorado has to work his way up to being, like, a general or something, so he's still, like, just a commander. Uh, and he happens to, like, also be commanding the mercenaries somehow. Or at least Ares' squad, uh, plus his own, like, unit of regulars or whatever. So yeah, you spend, like... You probably should, uh, probably a good time to tell, like, most like humans like hate other races like everyone's like super hateful yeah like half races and other races which well it's like it's like a weird thing so like humans in general have a tolerance for every other race except for half elves and elves also are the most racist ones they hate humans elves dwarves half elves or not elves but they hate every they pretty much hate every other race yeah dwarves are like cool to everybody as long as they have beer <laughs> Half elves have been persecuted by everybody, so they hate everybody. And Boldan, as far as I can tell, are just like big, strong dudes that are kind of easygoing and don't really give a fuck. Uh, so I guess everybody's cool with them. And then there's the Darkness, which everybody fear because they think they're vampires, but they're not. But they just have to drink like, blood, and they. I feel like there's like some they never like races they didn't tell us about. So I thought they said there's like seven or something. Uh, I mean, there could be, but we don't... Let's see, because we, we see humans, elves, there's half-elves, there's the dwarves, the Boldan, and the Darkness. So there might be another race. But if the half-elf if half elf is a race, wouldn't it be like half-Darkness or half... Everything? I mean, 
Yeah, I feel like you could just spread it out to everything, though. Like, half dwarf, half human, whatever. And then, like, half elf, half dwarf, and shit. So, I don't know. But, uh, I guess I can Google that real quick. I mean, it's not that important. It's just kind of something that just, I thought of. I'm like, I'm not sure there's more races. Maybe they, they get into them. Because this is, like, I guess a prequel game. So maybe in the the original game they had more races and or something. And I... Uh, that's why I, I think I feel like some of these, these characters feel like shoehorned and they have a, you know, abrupt ending on some of them because they're not in the other game. I don't know. The only three characters that are not in the other game are the main three characters, Arius, Dagon, and Selene. Uh, and then, of course, the people you kill. Right. Dorado and... Mulzova, Baylor. Zared, Zarexes, whatever her name is. Or what? Uh, no. Sheila. Sheila. Yeah. And then Zelishel, I think. Yeah, everybody else except for... Aerys, Dagda, Selene, Baylor, Dorado, Moldova, and Sheila. I think are the only ones that are, aren't in the original game. So, like, half the cast, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Yeah, I'm still trying to find the races. Can't really see anything about this, though. There's a lot of, So there's not a lot of information on the internet about this game. It definitely was, like, very... If you know about this game, uh, you must have got it for a birthday present or something, because it's... I never even heard about it until you brought it up, so... No, I worked at GameStop, and it was on the shelf one day, and I was like, oh, what's this? Yeah, so those are the people that know about this game. <laughs> like, uh, the box art was a, caught my attention, because I'm a sucker for, like, generic fantasy bullshit. Yeah. Um, let's see. Can... So, according to this series description on MobyGames.com, uh, there are humans, elves, dwarves, lily bees, boldans, corns, and darkness. So two of them we didn't even, like, interact with in this game. Yeah, it looks like. Whatever the fuck lil lily bees and corns are. They're not in this game. So for some reason. Half races aren't their own race, it's just the half race. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, so that that's important because there's lots of racism going on in those the one with one of the characters in the plot. Like there's there's like subtle racism with NPCs and stuff, but then one of the the villainous characters is super super racist. Yeah, like over, way over the top. Yeah, and it's I mean I guess it's realistic, <laughs> sort of, because I've definitely worked places. With some super racist people, and they kind of act like that guy. Uh, but and I guess I'm guilty for um, uh, like sub like subconsciously. I don't want to say like subconsciously, but like passively supporting them. But it's uh, it's like one of those things where like there's six people in a room, and five of them are like, "Yeah, fuck these this race of people." I'm not uh type of person that's going to be like, yeah, actually, guys, that's not cool. <laughs> because uh, I don't I don't want to give an ass beat. Uh, <laughs> so it's better to just sit there and, and nod your head, not say anything, or whatever. So in my opinion. 
so like I I understand like there's a time and place to like stand up for racism and stuff, but uh I nothing I say or do is gonna convince these other racist people yeah. that that they're wrong. So yeah, it's like I'm at work, I will do what I gotta do while I'm at work, but outside work I'm not gonna associate with you at all. It's weird though, it was one of those dudes was in a in a relationship relationship and they also talk shit about that race at the same time. So I was like I don't know how that works, but hey man, you do you. <laughs> right. Whatever. Uh so anyway, um you're mercenaries, you do mercenary contracts, because Dorado's like, hey, we gotta go kill these monsters, and every time you go to a place to kill some monsters, you, like, meet this half-woman, half-night creature thing. Well, it's a dark knight. Uh, it's, it's a dark knight, but you don't know that yet. It, it's just, like, just some weird lady thing. Yeah, it's like... It keeps being like, hey, get out of here. Mia. Yeah. And the character's like, uh, we're here to find a sword. You know, think about it, and the the creature will be like, "Just get out of here, stop coming here." But she shows up at each location, and eventually you make it to the top of this sacred mountain, and you find a sword, and the Dark Knight's like, "Oh no, the sword of Nihil, you can't have it," and uh, that's the sword you're looking for. So you beat her up, you grab the sword, and then the bounty hunters show up. And they're like, hey, we're here to take the sword. So you fight them. But during the the fight, the Sheila, the main leader, I guess, of the Bounty Hunters, like, gets the sword, and she looks at it, and she's like, the Sword of the Nihil is not supposed to show anybody's reflection, so this is a fake. And then, conveniently, the room you're in starts falling apart. Because that's how it works. And uh, everybody gets out, you bring the sword back to Dorado, and they're like, this is the right one, you gotta keep looking. And uh, during this whole time that Dorado's been a commander, he's got this, like, underling that was, I guess, assigned to him, who happens to be a noble, I guess. Uh, and it's another human named Moldoza, Moldova or something. Moldova. And he's, like, he's like a skinny, rat-faced-looking motherfucker who is... He's one of those people that has, like, a, an undeserved air of superiority. Yeah. Uh, and he thinks he's better than not just half-elves, which who he, who he has like the biggest problem with for some fucking reason. But he's better than everybody solely because he's who he is. Uh, so I guess like a typical noble royal piece of shit. Or maybe like a, a child of a rich merchant family or something. I don't think they delve too deeply on his past. They just say, hey, this guy's an unrepentant piece of shit. So, uh, Dorado's got this dude whispering in his ear the whole time, and Dorado's, like, made of sterner stuff, I guess, and he just doesn't take this dude's, has, he doesn't take anything this dude says, uh, even if he may be right, not about the racist stuff, but about, uh, uh Arius being a traitor. Uh, he just happens to get lucky because he hates Athos. He'll be like, because he's like, Aria, yeah, that Arius guy is a piece of shit, huh? And Dorado's like, no, he's my best friend. <laughs> Although it was like, but he's a half elf. He's like, Dorado was like, so what do I have to do with anything? He's still my best friend. And then Moldova was like, uh, he hires this like, uh, I guess this random guy to track uh, Arius and follow him. So while Arius and gang are like doing their jobs and shit, they're also being tracked by this underling that Moldova hired. 
And you get, like, a bunch of scenes where, like, Ares and Dorado are hanging out, and Moldova's, like, there tagging along, and he's like, the fuck is this piece of shit doing here? And Dorado's like, dude, knock it off, he's my best friend. And it's just, like, really weird. Like, for all the bullshit, like, Ares gives people, he doesn't give any bullshit to Moldova ever. And that's odd. Like, I would have assumed he'd been, like, would have told him to fuck himself or something at one point. But if we do, if if that happens, we don't see it. Um, and I think at the end of chapter two, you learn about, uh, Nemia, who is another adventurer who's out there, like, doing things against Nizkal, and you are assigned to track him down and capture him. But chapter three, uh, involves your team actually deciding to, oh, no, the end of chapter two is when your family gets murdered, right? Yeah. Yes. So Arius's family gets murdered. Because at one point they find out, uh, like you go to visit and they're like, hey, there were some weird people hanging out at like the boundary fence at one point, but they scared them away. It's fine. And Ares is like, you guys need to get, get the fuck out of here. Cause that's not good. But the mom and the brother are like, no, nah, we're fine. We'll be safe. But Dorado gets a mission to go kill a elf and a half elf. And he's like, I don't really like this, but you know, job's a job. Gotta go do it. Which, and Ares learns, what's that? Yeah, like, Dorado, as as good as, like, he tries to be, like, I don't know, I just don't understand his motivation sometimes, like, he doesn't, he thinks it's okay just to murder people, like, I don't know. Uh, he's, like, he's infatuated, I guess, with Baylor and his... Yeah, he has Baylor on a pedestal, that's for sure, but I just well, don't yeah. understand his motivation sometimes. It's, it's, he's one of those, I think he's one of those uh, characters that the developers are making fun of, like, an army guy, you know? Like, an actual, like, soldier, a diehard, diehard soldier. Yeah, he's a super patriot. He's like, my country or this country is doing what's right, and I know that to be a fact in my soul. And so whatever the people in charge say, they would not say anything wrong. So whatever I'm doing for them is right. It's just crazy. Something They send this whole regiment of guys to take out one elf and one half-elf. It's like, it's fucking ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, it's a little overkill. Oh, like, really? You took, like, 100 men with you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so Ares finds out, and he's like, oh, shit, uh, take me with you. And Dorado's like, nah, this is uh, something for the regulars only. The mercenaries aren't involved. Uh, but I'll take you on the next mission, no problem. And Ares is like, oh, shit. So he, uh, he's like, I gotta, get, I gotta get there and stop them. And he tries to gather, gather up all his shit, but Dagda and Selene are like, hey, what's going on? What are you doing? And he they, he re- initially refuses their help, but they pester him enough that he finally breaks down and can like tells them that, hey, I'm Baylor's grandson. They're about to go kill my mom and my brother, and I gotta go stop them. And Dagda and Selene are like, alright, cool. We're, we're buds. I don't know why you thought you couldn't tell us before, but we're gonna help you. And so... Uh, they go. They try to. They rush there as fast as possible to the, the mom and the brother's home, but they are, like, li- literally like five seconds too late, because Arius runs up as uh, Dorado kills the mom. Dorado. Uh, oh, it's Moldova, right? Yeah, Moldova is the one that kills him, like, with uh, impunity. Like he just fucking goes off like psychopath. 
Yeah, well, the brother that gets a sword, he's like, yeah, I'm Baylor's grandson, because he gets accused of being Baylor's grandson or whatever, oh, and he doesn't know how to fight, and he gets his ass kicked and just killed immediately. Right. And the mom's like, uh, fuck, I guess I'm dying now, but looks into, like, the crowd of soldiers and see Arius running towards her, and, like, I guess, I don't know if she, I can't remember if she, like, shakes her head no or doesn't say anything or something, but, like, locks eyes with him as he gets, as she gets murdered by, uh, is it, is it with a Z? Molzova? Yeah, Molzova. Okay, Molzova. I was saying Moldova for some reason. Uh, and Yeah, Molzova's like cackling maniacally and shit. And then like spitting on the corpses and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and Grotto's like, oh, this is disgusting. And then like turns around and see Arius show up. And uh, Arius is pissed. Like righteously furious. And then I think he punches Molzova or something. I can't remember. Yeah, and Rattle. Uh, He's like, chill out, man, chill out. You'll be involved in the next one. No no big deal. Like, I guess thinking it, like, Ares is like, he wanted in on this glory or something for doing this mission, and not realizing that he just killed his family or something. I know, but it's like, really, like, what? Come on. Yeah, and th- on. this is where Mozova finally starts, like, really taking an interest in Ares. Like, oh, there's something weird about this guy. Um, so then he gets, uh, hires the, the underlings to, tr- to follow him or whatever, and, uh, your squad gets the mission to find Nemia. Um, when, uh, uh, well, Dorado gets to meet Baylor as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah, he finally has his, uh, audience. Because he can join the, he found the, the, the elf and the half elf. He gets, um, Promoted. He gets reward. Yeah. He gets rewarded. He also gets this, like, hammer. Yeah, yeah, he gets that hammer. And while he's there, uh, Mozova is like, oh, by the way, uh, this other half-elf showed up and was really pissed for some reason. And, like, even if, even if they weren't related, like, you just murdered a a half-elf and an elf and, like, laughed about it. So it's kind of understandable for somebody of that race to be pissed off at you, man. But he is right. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Baylor, by the way, uh, this half-elf dude might be suspicious. And Baylor's like, all right, we'll give him this mission then. If he can kill Nemia uh, or bring Nemia and his uh, group to me, I will meet him. like, no, he's a, he's a good man. He, he's done a bunch of missions for us. Yada, yada, yada. And he convinces Baylor that, like, Basically tries to like bring uh, Arius up with him, you know. And Baylor- I took it as Baylor is like fucking batshit insane, and like has no qualms of like just literally killing anybody he has. He just doesn't like or whatever. Like he's in the mood to kill. Because I, the way I took it was Moldova was trying to get Arius murdered or executed right right then. Right, he's trying to get him murdered for like. Uh, punching uh, his officer or something like that, and Baylor's like, I don't give a fuck. You know, he's like, I don't, I have a mission, and if he's gonna help me get this mission, like, if he's as good as you say he is, as he's trusting Dorado at this point, because he's got, yeah, he's got results. He doesn't trust this Mozlava guy because he's like, this guy's a fucking, you know, he can just look at him and know he's like, this guy's a little shit, basically. Yeah. And, so he, I think he basically just ignores Mozova. He's like, yeah, if you want your guy to be, you know, part of your whatever, he's like, he's got, here's a, here's a mission for him. 
and it's like kind of a, a more of a impossible mission basically he's like either i get rid of this problem or you know i don't have to worry about this guy type of thing yeah it's a win-win like you, you yeah. get rid of Arius, or you get nimia captured in which is a greater win yeah uh so you know whatever because he thinks that you know he got uh he doesn't know that Arius is you know his grandson grandson that his grandson's dead now. Yeah. He's basically, like, free. He's, like, a weight's off his shoulders. He doesn't really give a fuck. So, yeah. That's, Very true. That's the end of Chapter 2. Yeah. So, the Chapter 3 is pretty much you spending your time finding Nemia. Well, you find and it, then, and then the other half of it is, uh... Like, you, you, you earn their trust to work together with them, because Arius' grand plan is, trust me, bro. Uh, I'm going to capture you, and we'll go right up to Baylor, and then we'll kill Baylor. Yeah, it's a and good plan. Everybody's like, are you, are you sure about <laughs> sure about that plan? That's that's the whole plan? Like, you're just going <laughs> to kill him in front of everyone? He's like, yeah, man, I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, I'm, don't worry about me. Like, Yeah, we'll get you in there. We just need the audience. We're really worried about us after you do this. Like, <laughs> we're going to be in the middle of this castle. Like, uh... I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a t- terrible plan. Yeah, but, uh, but it, they're looking for uh, some. Yeah, you meet up. With we meet up with Nemia's group, right? And they have this. Yeah, they're looking for this the shards of some crystal relic thing. That's right. And you don't know what it is yet. They're just like, yeah, we need these shards. If you help us find the shards, then we'll think about working with you to kill Baylor or whatever. And, like, there's an earlier quest where you go with his half-adopted sister, Kirith, blah, 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 blah. He was a half-elf. Yes. Kiriunia. I'm not, I'm just gonna say K, because I'm not even gonna bother trying to pronounce that shit. It's called... She's not that important anyway. Yeah, you do, like, a mission with her to find one of these shards, like, in Chapter 1 or something. Uh, well, yeah, you go to this barrier, but you can't penetrate the barrier. Yeah, you can't get past the barrier. And she's like, oh, I guess that's where this, this is where we stop for today. Maybe we'll come back later. So you can use that as like a hint, because the game's not like, hey, this is where you're going to find the shards. They're just like, yeah, fuck if we know where the shards are. Good luck. So you spend a bunch of time like just going to random places or having like recall that, oh, yeah, there's a shard. There's a barrier here. I can maybe get a shard there. I think you get one for free from uh, Orpheus or whatever when you go visit him. But then the rest are like, you have to go to towns and people are like, oh, hey, there's been a surge of monsters here. Yeah. That's kind of weird. And so you go to that place and you find a barrier and you break it. And uh, I can't remember if it was this chapter or last chapter where uh, Arius confronts his like, evil like inner demons or some shit. I think the start of chapter three, like the party breaks up or something. Right? Yeah, and I think like, so. And so Arius is by himself. Because, like, I think after, yeah, his family dies, he basically just, like... Oh, him. yeah, he's like, fuck off, everybody. Yeah, everyone just fuck off. And so he, you start with him, and you have to go do his own solo mission. And then after that, everyone else joins back up. But then they also have to do their own solo mission. Which, like, everyone's like, okay, go ahead. And I'm like... This is one of the parts of the game I hate. I'm like, oh god, I have to go by myself. Um, well, thankfully, everybody's except Arius's was kind of short because you could just right. like run to the end. Right, yeah, but Arius's was bullshit because it's in that mine where you have to like. 
yeah. move the fucking rails back and forth and shit or whatever. And the annoying part about that is like you'll trigger the rail and you have to sit there for a cutscene. You can like run away, but you don't realize you can, I guess, because it, it, the camera keeps on that scene where it's moving the rail yeah. bridge thing. And the, the directions don't match which where which way you go. No. So it's 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 annoying. You have to go all the way to the end of the dungeon on that one, that's for sure. And then you yeah, have to fight your shadow self, which it's actually a pretty tough fight. Yeah, it has access to all twelve abilities or whatever. Yeah. And you only have access to six and you're like, fuck. It also likes to slow you a lot and then call in meteors. Yes. Which is annoying as shit. And then when you get those same abilities, they definitely don't come out as fast as that dude was using them, which is also more annoying. But, uh, yep, so you do that, you get, like, everybody's third soul, everybody's honky-dory, uh, you meet up with Nemia, you look for these shards, um, and then you get enough to complete the artifact, the relic, and you attack this place called the Ministry, which, uh, is where they have trained assassins now, and that Zenishol or whatever was part of before, but he's not anymore. And you can do his like little sub story quest to hear about that, but it's ultimately like you get nothing out of it anyway. Basically, what you he's like, you know, it's like yeah, I used to be part of that, then I then I didn't agree with him and ran away, and now they t- keep trying to get me back. Yeah, like, it's like the least developed story of any of the characters. He's like, oh, uh, okay. Well, another story that goes nowhere is like, um. Whatever that queen lady is, what's her name? Uh, Eerie or Eria or something. I think it's with an E. Yeah, hold on, look at that. Well, I think her story is less like about her, it's more about Selene, because Selene's like, family was killed by a merchant, and the daughter was taken, or her sister was taken and merged in with the creature. And so the first part of her, her main story was just finding and killing her sister to give her he stole some rest, yeah. and as part of that, she was working undercover as a spy for this queen. Uh, and that's the extent of that. Yeah, she did a couple missions, but she's like the hot. She's like the queen of this town. Like, but there's never any threat to the town that you thought would happen. Like, it's like foreshadowing it that never happens. You know, like hey, we're gonna have to. T- I thought I thought like every all these towns are gonna like band together to fight Baylor, and it's like. No, we're just going to have this band of uh, adventurers try to fight this whole country. <laughs> like, they don't get, like, a army or anything, which is, I thought was where this was going. They definitely lead up to that, but I feel like they kind of warn early that they're not going to do anything with it, because they spend, what, four chapters just talking shit, like, oh, Diniscal's being menacing. The other cities and nations are on the defensive. And then they're like, oh... As soon as like you meet Nemia, then all the dialogue changes to "I can't wait till Nemia saves everybody." Right. I hope Nemia saves everybody. Nemia, Nemia, Nemia. Which is because I think the only people like to win is Nemia. I think he's like the main character in the, in the other game, so I think that's why. I think he's a main driving force of the narrative, but he's the main character is like a creator own character. Oh yeah. Okay. So anyway, is that like? That just basically, like, fizzles into nothing. Like, yeah, you get to meet her and do some missions for her, and then it's like, that's it. Bye. Yeah. But you meet her nephew. He's one of the bounty hunters. Yeah. And he 
his storyline is that he's a playboy because he doesn't want to be a royal. Yep. It's like, okay, cool. <laughs> and they're all buddies. Uh, the only yeah. really interesting is the one, the girl that dies, where she was like a pirate or married to the pirate king or something like that. And then he died. I, I think she got kidnapped and then like forced to be the pirate king's wife, girlfriend thing, or whatever. And then grew to like him, actually, and then like being a pirate. And then he died, and she's like, nah, fuck this shit. And left. And then all the pirates got pissed, because they don't have a leader anymore. Yeah. And she decided to be a bounty hunter instead. And you have to, like, settle things with the pirates yeah. so that they know she's not going to go back. And somewhere in between there, she catches, fe- she catches feelings for Arius, which I didn't really notice. Did you? I think if you, like, see the tavern scenes where she's drunk all the time, yeah, she'll, like, nice. she'll say that he's a cutie and shit yeah, like that, yeah. and he's just kind of like, mm, fuck off, bitch. Right. Well, How he is with everybody. He's like that with everyone. <laughs> oh, shit. So it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know if it was, like, infatuation that she had. Because I think she's used to getting what she wants, and she was like interested in him, and he's just like, nah, I'll pass. And that made him more interesting to her, even though there was like never any time. Like, they fought a lot yeah. when she was chasing him, and like I guess that's the only connection they had uh, until the end of the game, where they started like, working together. But I still don't see a relationship between them. Like, maybe a one-night stand? No. If that... But I don't think, and that that would only be because Arius is a virgin, and he gets like pretty much raped by Sheila. That would be the only way I think that would happen. But uh, yeah, I don't see any natural development of that at all. Like, there's no romantic chemistry at all, but with anybody in this game, which I approved of, because normally you have like you would have Selene and Arius or somebody like falling in love and shit. Yeah, I'm fine. It's just like they had to force like one at the very end, and I was like, "Ugh, no." Well, it was one of those things like, "Oh, we're gonna kill this character off." Spoilers: We're gonna kill this character off. Uh, let's let's try to hype up some emotion that we didn't really deserve because we didn't make. Uh, yeah. Oh, she actually was in love with him. Oh, now she's dead. Okay. Even Aries is kind of like, "What?" <laughs> The fuck is wrong with this bitch? <laughs> so that was yeah, it was fun. Um, where the hell are we at? Uh, yeah, so you attack the ministry, yep. and uh, you go in there with this artifact. And the point of the, this artifact, I guess, is to prevent Baylor from becoming immortal somehow. Like they know that's his plan. Well, they used that artifact to fight him off before, which they did off screen, I guess. And the this but it was shattered by the girl is Zuna or whatever, who's the like the leader of all the magicians. So they go and back to the army. I guess they use they're trying they're gonna try to use that again to take her out for good. I guess. But when she broke it before, she changed the properties of it, and now it guarantees Baylor's immortality somehow. Yeah, it's dumb. So now Baylor's immortal. And he's like, it cuts to cuts into him like becoming immortal, and he just—I guess he just knows. And he's like, "This is great." Well, because so, I mean, what, there's something that happens where it's not totally all immortal. There's like a loophole or something they they throw in there when uh, 
one of the pieces or something that Oh, it's because it's a it's a very complicated ritual and it has to be done exactly right. Oh, okay. But when uh when they the girl puts the artifact on the pedestal thing, Arius like blasts it with magic to try to stop it. Right. And that fucks up the ritual, so he's immortal, but it can still be stopped by the sword of Nile, which is why he's looking for it. Right. Which he already knew he could be stopped by anyway because Zophar told him. So I don't understand that shit like what why they had to be like oh there's a loophole when there really was a loophole i thought yeah but uh, i don't know it's but they whatever they still had to go through of making him immortal for whatever reason so that way that arius couldn't survive the attack yeah they make the sword like oh yeah if you use it you your existence is forgotten like what why like i don't well, it's because I guess it's it's a dark relic from like the pre-world building, like being a pre-civilization. I guess there was like a whole thing where they talk about the gods fighting at one point, and the good gods like banish Wolg, who's the bad god, but he's got the the dark knights are like his followers, and they protect his relics, and what the sword of Nighthill is one of his relics. So I guess. The, it's so powerful that if you you cut somebody with it, it kills them. But then, like, you can't control the power because you're not the god, so it like just erases you from existence or something. I don't. Yeah, it's great. I don't get it. It's a it's a day it's a Deus Ex Machina MacGuffin thing, and you just get a roll of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's chapter three. <laughs> So chapter four is you spending, I think, the whole time trying to find the Sword of Nile, because you don't know where it is, but you learn about this phantom dragon thing that swallowed a sword, and so you go track that down, and Arius jumps into its throat, gets swallowed, finds the sword inside, manages to get out, and uh, then everybody's like, alright, we're ready to go attack Baylor now. And I may be short changing that chapter, but I feel like that's the entire chapter. I don't remember if anything else special happened during that chapter. Yeah, there's just a lot of... There might be some, like, random, like, side missions I think you had to do or something. But yeah. yeah, but that's that's essentially it. And then you go... The last chapter is you go and attack Baylor at his castle. Yeah. It's like, it's literally the last chapter. It's... You try to start the chapter, and they're like, alright, we're ready to go. Just go to Ancient whenever. And you... So you enact the plan... Uh, Nemia and his crew get uh, put into chains. Oh, wait, Arius wait, and his wait, crew. No, no, no. You're skipping a whole, oh, you're skipping a part. Uh, Please help me out here because I totally forgot. Then uh, when you're after you get the sword of Nihil, somehow um, Dorado finds out about it, and oh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, uh, and that happens because of the spy that Molzova has on him. Oh yeah, the spy. Yeah. I guess the spy learns at some point that Nemia and Arius are working together and uh, that they fi- they might have found the location of the Sword of Nihil. So I guess he leaves and goes and tells Mozova, and Mozova's like, yo, Dorado, your boy is about to betray everybody. Uh, we need to go hunt him down. And Dorado's like, I don't believe you, but I guess we'll go just in case. So... Well, I guess what gets me is there's a large 
coincidence. It has to happen like a, to trigger this very specific chain of events. Mm-hmm. Because you get the, the Sword of Nile, then you're on the boat, going back to wherever, then you get attacked by bandits, led by the bounty hunter, Sheila, and her, her group, and then you crash the ship exactly at the location that Dorado is at with his army. He knew exactly and what's that? So he exa- knew exactly where you're going to be. Yeah, like that's it's so that's such a coincidence to be attacked on on the, at sea by the bounty hunters and then crash like shipwreck where Dorado's army is. But you know what? It's for the it's for the plot convenience. So whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So you. With, I guess at that point you're like, yeah, okay, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Uh, so then you align yourself with the bounty hunters because they're like, oh shit. Where are we getting attacked to? And uh, you all fight your way out. On the like halfway through, you fight Mozova, and you you quote unquote kill him. You think he's dead, but he's not because you don't fucking coup de gras his ass like any rational person would. No, it's like I don't understand. He's dead on the ground. Like everyone else is dead. Like you you hit him with your sword a hundred times. He's fucking dead. Just like uh, when you fight Dorado, who then yeah, go ahead, keep going. Well, like, just saying, like, Mozova has light armor on, like, maybe leather armor at best, and a crossbow. Yeah. And he's a fucking string bean. Yes. But then you have Dorado, who's... A tank. Big and buff. Yes, a tank, essentially, with some heavy-ass armor on, and yet you kill Dorado accidentally, I guess, because Arius didn't really want to kill him. I guess he just wanted to disable him or something. Yeah, they don't explain. I don't really know. They don't explain what happens. It's just the battle's over. and He dies. Yeah, he dies in your arms, and he's like, "Oh, so you really were Baylor's grandson? I wish you would have told me. Things would have been different." <laughs> Arius is like, "He's like, I did." Tell oh, you. I know. He's like, "Well, you didn't have to fight me either." He's like, "I know." Like he knew. Like, like at this point, like yeah, I'm the grandson. You can either help me or stand in my way. Right. So that was dumb. Nope. Nope. But. Whatever. So yeah, at that point, yeah, Arius is like sad. He's like, "Oh, Baylor's taking enough people from me." Right. But whatever. What's that? The dumbest part still to come. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just can't wait. See what that. See what that is. All the dumb parts that have been. There is still a dumber part. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you chain up uh, Nemi and party. You bring him to the audience with, uh, right. or you bring him to. Uh, ancient, and they get taken away and put in jail. You get a, your group gets an audience with Baylor, and as you're pulling the sword out of your sheath because you're getting a medal, Mozova comes running in, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh no, Baylor, my lord! Wait, 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 wait! Don't!" He's still like bleeding and like limping in there, and like it's like it just happened. Yeah, he's covered in dirt and shit. Yeah, you're like, but I definitely didn't like. Okay, if you're playing the game. You don't go directly to Baylor's castle. Like, there's a couple side quests you can do, you know, to finish some things up. So, like, <laughs> it doesn't make sense if you did that also. And even if you did travel all the way from one side of the continent to the other, it's not like he, like, uh, he just, like, went from being, like, almost near death to, and didn't get cleaned up and everything. It looks like he just, like, the battle just happened. Right outside the door. Yeah. This, and presumably, he would have had a lot of wounds on him, and he would have bled out. So he definitely wouldn't be moving that quickly to get there. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yep. So he comes in and he's like, "Hey, this is the this is your grandson," and he just like says a bunch of shit, like whiny shit. And Baylor is like, "Dude, you're interrupting this sacred space for some fucking reason." He thinks his throne room is like very sacred, and he kills Mozova, and then takes the sword out of the sheath of Arius. Arius like doesn't do anything this whole time. He could have literally attacked or something. He like while he's attacking, like, when he's attacking, uh, dumb fuck, he could have just literally just stabbed Baylor right there and been done with. Yeah, him. there's like so many opportunities. He just fucking stood there like a dumb, like fuck. a dumbass. Was like, what is going on? Like, okay, I get it. We gotta get to a final dungeon, but why couldn't this be yeah. after the final dungeon? He could have stabbed him. I don't know. It's just like, it, it's yeah. Wrong. Writing so bad. It's it's something else, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yep, so, um, Baylor takes the sword, and he's like, oh look, it's a sword of Nihil, I guess he was right. <laughs> and I laughed so hard, because like, he just killed some dude that was on his side, <laughs> because he was annoying. <laughs> it's like, alright man, go for it. Yeah. But then the uh, he's killing you, he just locks you away. I know. He's just like, alright, y'all get executed at some other time. So you get brought to where Nemia and his group are. Um, oh, so I forgot to mention when we were fighting uh, the Phantom Dragon to get the Sword of Nihil, the Dark Knight, Maya, or Mia, whatever, is there, and she has this, like, stone that summons the Phantom Dragon. Yeah. You kill her, and I guess uh, Nemia's group takes the stone, and you don't, like, this isn't shown on screen or anything, but when you're in the prison cells... Uh, Nimbia's like, alright, go for it. And Rag, who's another Boldan part of the group, pulls out the stone and throws it at the ceiling. And it summons the Phantom Dragon. And the Phantom Dragon knocks over the tower that you're in, and you all escape. Barely. And... I mean, they don't, they don't know what they're doing. It's not like they tested it before. <laughs> no. Like, this, they're like, they're literally, there's no, they don't have any plans of the castles, schematics or nothing. They're literally just going to raid this castle and hope they can make it up to the throne room, I guess. That's the plan. Yeah, they don't and somehow any, get the sword back. They have no plan of getting out of there. It's a suicide mission, which I guess at that point, to free the, the continent from Baylor, I guess that's what you have to do, but. Whatever. Uh, yep, so you make your way up to the throne room. Sometime during all this, Sheila gets possessed by Dark Knight somehow. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why her? Why not someone else? Yeah. What, what? She acts like she starts acting weird, and people are like, hey, what's going on? And then, like, you get to this room that uh, seems to be a dead end, and she's like, actually, there's a secret passage here. And everybody's like, oh, sweet. How'd you figure that out? I'm like, yo, <laughs> hold up here. Uh, you've been acting a little weird. Right. And you just happen to know that there's a secret passage here, and you know like how to unlock it because it's not like a oh move a bookshelf thing. It's like there's a seal on this thing, and you just you've just undone the seal immediately, and you're like oh look, this is the way to the room. I'm like no, there's something going on here. Uh, you're staying behind, sorry, or something. But now they're just like all right, that's cool. Thanks for figuring this out. And then he gets to the Zophar's room, and he's like, Ha ha! One of your compatriots has been possessed by a Dark Knight! And uh, they're going to kill you as part of a grand experiment. And then, so you fight and kill Sheila. And, uh, the Dark Knight leaves her body, and Arius is, like, holding her in his arms, and she's like, Uh, 
I can't remember what she says, but she kisses him and dies. <laughs> it's something like, uh, I know you can do it or some bullshit. Like some words of encouragement. Yeah, and you're like, what? Why did you kiss him? Like, I don't, they weren't, oh, okay. But, yeah, then everybody acts like, like Zen, her party members, Zenitas and Shalawal or whatever, are like, you get all like bashful, like that fake bashful thing, where they like, they knew that she liked him thing. Like, it's like a bashful depression or whatever. I don't know. It's like they look away and hold their their hands and their head in their hands, kind of thing. And like, where everybody? I think everybody playing the game right now is like, what the what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. I was like, okay, uh, I already had a, like three what the fuck moments already in this chapter. Now here's another one. I guess like, what the fuck is that? All right, how many more we got? Why not? <laughs> this thing's going down in a flame. Flame went off the rails. Rails and a big garbage dump. Oh man. Um. Yep. Yeah, so you kill Sheila, then you chase so far down and you beat him, but you let him teleport away. So I'm assuming he's a main antagonist in the actual Zolol game. Oh, he teleported. So, I don't remember that part. I thought I killed him. Uh, no, he, like he's got this like giant crystal thing in the center of the room. That they don't explain what the fuck it is. It's just some giant crystal thing. That's like a, uh, it's a apparatus with a big crystal floating in the middle of it or something. I thought that killed and, him, like sucked him in or something. Uh, you know what? It looks like he teleported to me. Like he like fell back into it and then like looked up and then like just disappeared. Disappointed. Maybe he got sucked in, but I thought he got teleported away. I'll be disappointed if he's still alive in this next game. I'm googling it right now. <laughs> me too. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I didn't even kill that guy. Oh, but yeah, this this story really goes. Oh, out. yeah, he's a secondary antagonist oh, in Zoal. So he got teleported away. Oh my god, that's worse. Uh, let's see, three marks Oh, this just says he somehow survived their attack and discreetly fled from public eye. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm. I guess. Apparently, he's seventy-eight years old. <laughs> he, he ran away from everyone. Oh man. Uh, to be fair, I'd run away too because uh, if I'm old as shit, I just got my ass beat. Uh, uh but yes, you beat so far, and then you fight your way up to the throne room, and you beat Baylor's first form. But you uh, are told, like a little a little earlier, that because of the way that the um, immortality spell works in like the plane, planar realm or something, he's got a body there that's like it's I guess like it's kind of like a spirit realm or, or the phantom realm, wherever the fuck the phantom dragon comes from, I guess. Uh, he's got a body there, and he's got his body in the real world, the physical world, in both have to be killed at about the same time. And the only reason that they're able to damage the spirit world one is because of what Arius did with the magic spell on the artifact during the uh, ritual. And the only way to get there is through a portal. And conveniently, uh, after you beat Baylor's first form, he makes a portal. And uh, <laughs> you have to throw the... Uh, the Phantom Dragonstone into it to, I guess, 
like, uh, make it not fucky. Like, because the portal's fucky. Like, if you were to jump into it na- at that point, you might not survive your way through it, I guess, is the way it works. Like, it's like a black hole. It might rip you apart or something. But they stabilize it with the the Phantom Dragonstone, if I'm not mistaken. And then Arius, Dagda, and Selene jump in. And before they jump in, they're like, you know, there's no way back, right? And everybody's like, that's fine. So they jump in. You kill Baylor with the sword of Nihil. And before you do it, Baylor's like, you know, if you use that, nobody's going to remember you, right? And Arius is like, uh, yeah, I don't give a shit. So you kill Baylor. Somehow, Dagda and Selene escape. Even though it's supposed to be, apparently, you can't come back from there. Um, Nemia and his gang kill Baylor in the physical realm at the same time. And uh, the world is free of Baylor and the Dinosaur Empire. And I think you get some like epilogue scenes of some of the other characters like living their life. But I know for sure you get like a cutscene with Dagda and Selene. And they're walking in this like fucking barren plain with nothing but a tree Burn. in it. It's not barren, but it's like it's empty. Yeah. And they like they talk with each other about how great their adventure's been, and it's time for them to split up, and they'll see each other again sometime. And I guess it's hinted that they kind of sense that Arius was there at one point in time or something, but it's not like overtly stated that they knew Arius was alive or at one point in time. I don't know. It's like a weird. They, it's like a weird. They sense his, his spirit presence or something, but they don't say anything about it. Because like they walk, they walk away, and then like they both turn back at the same time. Like they sense something, but then they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll see you around." Yeah, because after he does that, it's like, "Oh, this unnamed soldier sword should go here or something like that." With oh yeah, so they bury uh Zenithus and Zalathal or whatever, uh, bury Sheila. And to use it as your grave marker, it's uh, Arius' sword. And they say it's fitting, something about it being fitting that her grave was marked with a, a sword of an unknown soldier, and that Sheila would have wanted it. Which, it's Arius' sword, so she would have wanted it. But I don't understand how they, she would have liked the, the sword of an unknown soldier. Unless they were implying that maybe they remembered something about him. I don't know, it's kind of weird. Apparently, Nemia remembers him in Zillol for some fucking reason. He's the only person that remembers Arius was ever alive. Maybe it's because they're related, which I never mentioned before. I guess they're. Uh, Arius and Nemia were both grandsons of Melor. Uh, Orpheus is the leader of the elves, and he saved the baby from the daughter of Melor before it died in the womb and raised it as his own kid. And uh, so, yeah. There are still two grandsons left, but Arius was the one who decided that he wanted to be the one to fulfill the prophecy. Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that's the story. <laughs> good times, good times. <laughs> yep. I, uh, I know you have a lot to say about it, so you want to, you just want to start your little rant about it? Um, we kind of went over most of the bad parts already, but, uh, I think on top of, like, the bad story beats, like, you know, Arius could have killed Baylor, and Arius has no plan. Um, 
the way Arius is written is like I get where they start off with him like that, but he has no character growth. He's just the same character at the beginning as he is at the end. He doesn't really you might you might argue say he has some growth, but because he does get some friends, but I think no one would have would have been his friend the way he acted or treated them in the beginning, so it's not very believable to me. And just a lot of his dialogue sucks and I don't know, it's like a worse version of Cloud. <laughs> That's how I felt about him. Like, he was just super annoying and trying to be a badass and all this kind of stuff. And he's just really dumb. So I didn't like him at all. Um, but, like, the localization, I don't know if it's the, I can't really say it's a bad translation, but the localization they had on this was really bad. It, was, it felt like they just put uh, the script through Google Translate and that's how they talked. They didn't talk like normal people. Would you really agree with that? No. Huh? No, I can't agree with that. You thought they talked like normal people? I don't know. None of the none of the dialogue or anything was weird to me. Like I don't know, like none of it felt stilted. None of it felt like Google Translate. So that's how it felt to me. But I don't know. I don't really, I don't really have conversations with normal people a lot. So maybe that's my problem. But <laughs> I think I read a lot of fantasy and stuff. Nothing really felt out of place to me uh but i guess i maybe i'm a special case maybe other people would would agree with you i just didn't feel like like it felt like just regular dialogue it didn't feel like anything fancy definitely not anything full of emotion nothing uh with like banal daily like small talk shit like in trails yeah uh and that's maybe why you're having so much of an issue with it, the coming off of something that's loaded with like meaningful, even if like just one-off conversations with NPCs had meaningful dialogue sometimes. Whereas here, it's just when you when you're like overhearing conversations in the tavern, you're not part of the conversation. And even if you are, Aries is just like dot 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 dot. So uh, a, yeah. uh, it does. It also doesn't help that each of the character has a tro- like a trophy archetype. Uh, like, Arius is that the silent, badass dude or whatever, piece of shit guy. Dagda is the overly friendly, uh, like, elderly guy. And Selene is the, like, hands-off, distant, uh, but still, like, strong-willed female character. And so, none of them, like, really have chemistry, either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's, it's, a, it's like having oil, water, and then something else that would not mix with oil or water, like, in a container and you're trying to mix it together. It just, uh... doesn't work that great. So, I can understand that aspect, but none of, like, I didn't think that any of the dialogue felt like it went through Google Translate or anything like that. Maybe the delivery was kind of flat with a lot of the voice acting, but... Well, I feel like they could have done a lot more of, like, if they're going to have, like, obviously, you know all the cutscenes, right? They could have made the dialogue so, you know, they had the characters interacting, you know. Um, whatever her name is, like, they could have made that relationship actually believable if they actually wanted to, you know, localize it better. Instead of, like, it just uh, surprised everyone, you know? Like, all those... I think they, they even had an opportunity for that. Huh? That would have been something the original devs would have had to put into the game because I don't I don't know where you would in any of their communication 
put a romantic tryst. Well, I'm not saying a tryst, but like that they were flirty or whatever, or talking to each other and had like, like maybe they were starting to build feelings, you know, like all those interactions they have at the bars they go to, or there's like that one mission where, um, you go through the pirate's den with her <clears throat> all those times. There's plenty of, you could, uh, put dialogue in there, you know, make it seem like they like each other. I mean, I guess so, but uh, yeah, I think uh, they were trying to go with the, the Japanese script as much as they could. And so, but if that's I, over, like overall, I think it's a failing of the Japanese script writers because you have to. I know you don't play a lot of like dinosaurs games, but it, you need to keep in mind that the people that made this game, literally, their bread and butter is uh, the romance of the Three Kingdoms era of Chinese history, and they just make the same game over and over and over again. So they don't have to like make their own narrative or dialogue or whatever because they already have predefined relationships. And the people that follow these games already know who are in a relationship and who's not in a relationship. So they don't even have to try like making them have good dialogue because people are just like, oh, well, uh, like Dao Chan and Lu Bu, done. They're already in a relationship. Uh, you don't need to have cutscenes or whatever with them developing a relationship. So I don't know that the people that wrote this game have a concept of... Okay, so you're saying it's just bad relationship. Yes. Okay, I'm... That's what I'm saying. I was more giving them the benefit of the doubt, but if you think it's bad right now, no, I'm fine with I, Omega Force <laughs> make decent combat games, yeah. but they are lackluster in almost everything else, like especially the narrative. And that's only because I think they don't have to make their own. They steal it, they, they steal it, quote unquote, from another source. They, I guess, a better term would be borrowing it. But all the lore these, they got, it's like, you know common knowledge nor like dwarves and elves and all that kind of stuff it's like well i don't know like what the what reference material they got for zillow uh, pretty sure zillow was developed by a different company okay let's see because i highly doubt it's an omega force product oh, so they bought it the, or they used the property or they got the they bought the rights for the property or what, let's see originally by koei yeah so it's a Tecmo Koei thing. Omega Force just makes Dice Warriors, essentially. <laughs> that's, that's all they do. Let's see, Omega Force. Yeah, uh, games. If you go to the Wikipedia, it says Dice Warriors. Yeah. It's Dice Warriors, Dice Warriors, Dice Warriors. And then they do like Samurai Warriors and shit or whatever. Yeah, Samurai Warriors, Warriors Orochi, Dice Warriors Gundam. This and their star, the Hyrule Warriors games. Uh, they had no involvement in the original Zillow, so I don't know what kind of material they got from that, but I highly doubt they have a staff, uh, a writer on staff to develop a narrative. They, they might have just been like an in office thing with a bunch of dudes, who are like, let's make a story off of this or something. That makes so. Sense. Yeah, I would say I am 99.9% .9 sure that it's just bad writing because they don't know. All they know is fight, 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 war, kill people. I don't think they know how to develop characters. I don't think they know how to develop a relationship between characters at that. And uh, that's probably why this story is so bad to you. Okay, I will. I will accept that. I just, I was giving them more of the benefit of the doubt than I guess I should have. So then, no, don't don't give them. <laughs> the writing is just bad. I mean, I you can say the look if whoever the localization team is, they can also 
make a bad game a good game if they you know have good writing as well. Um, you know, they can. I I feel like that's a that's a tough thing, like a tough position to be in though, because right. you can have stuff like um working designs translations. Yeah. Where they just shove all kinds of like current age meme shit or whatever into the games, and a lot of it falls flat. Or you could just have like a one to one translation as best as possible. That way you're keeping it as because I guess in the Japanese like language itself, they're very like it's like a very literal thing. So they keep it as literal as possible. They don't add as much uh, like English flair to it, which would make the the dialogue and stuff seem very flat and like stilted and not very like I guess enjoyable to read but it would keep it to the original intent of the developers yeah but then like like I said if you go too far with working designs it's like this is way too fucking far and you have to have that good medium I think that's what Trails does it's like they have the good medium they know where to change it to make it more you know relatable to Americans but they also don't take the you know the intent or the heart of the, the story out of it oh for sure and I'm sure it takes a talent for that and uh, whoever they hired to translate Trinity Souls of Zillow probably didn't give a shit to be honest like like you said you'd never heard of the game before if I got if you got hired for this you'd be like I'm not going to make a lot of money out of this maybe a thousand people are going to play this game uh yeah, I'll just gonna, I'll give it the bare minimum. I don't know if uh, that's not how I would like approach. Because <laughs> to me, it's like if it's gonna have my name on it, I want to do the best I can. Because if it, it if still if no one knows about it, if someone does play it and it's got my name on it, at least it could be a good story. Like that's how I would approach it. Even though if I get paid shit, like to me, I would use like I'm getting paid shit because I have no experience or whatever. I'm I have to do this game, and so I'm gonna do my best to make it, you know as good as I can, and go, hey, I made the Souls of whatever game, I don't know if you played it, but this is what I got, this is how, what I made it to, and you can kind of maybe help your career doing it like that. I don't know. Ideally, that'd be great, but I guess you have to also remember you have time constraints, maybe have the developers being like, no, you can't change the script, right. whatever. Uh, who knows how much like actual input they had, and like you said, I have no idea who the fuck translated this game. And maybe this was their one game they did. Maybe they've done more games. But I feel like also it's one of those like celebrity status things within the field where you, the more notoriety you have, maybe the more uh, like freedom you have to actually make adjustments. Yeah. So, who knows? But uh, unfortunately, as you stated, the story is not great. So. <laughs> yeah, so that being said, I'm going to rate Story of One. Okay. So at least they had like characters and interactions and a story with the beginning, middle, and end. It's not point five. It's not total trash. But like I said, I just had a lot of issues with some of the decisions, and I just didn't like Arius as a main character. So that definitely like took it down a couple notches for me. Okay. Um, I'm giving it a two because I mostly agree with you. Uh. I just, I guess, happen to not hate it as much as you do. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fine. It's like a very generic fantasy story. It's um, it's way better than Pure Solar. Yeah. In my opinion. 
but uh, it's not. It's it'd be better as as we've said before if there was less just padding and it was more of hey this is a story or whatever and then you can do the side like the if you need to level up on the side do the adventure quests or something not hey you have to do an adventure quest hey you have to do an adventure quest hey you have to do an adventure quest oh by the way uh here's two minutes of dialogue or something okay go do a quest it's so regular quests like the story quests should be some kind of unique thing compared to like adventure quests you know because like you do those regular quests or um story quests and it's like this is the same shit so it's like still boring you know it's not like anything interesting oh yeah so no definitely definitely so yeah two for me and that'll lead us into musical break number two uh this is my choice um i chose a song titled life on the line uh mainly because it has chanting in it and i love chanting uh however kevin's pick has way more chanting and a lot more epic vibe and it's arguably or i guess i'd say inarguably the better song but as out of all the ones i listened to this one uh, i liked uh more than most so that's why we're playing it Thank you. 
Alrighty, visuals. Uh, pretty sure you already have uh, given your thoughts on this earlier. Uh, you think it's trash. Uh, like, had lots of glitches and shit and visual stuff. I mean, it's not terrible. Related. It's not terrible. I don't think it's... You're like, PS3 games are garbage. I just hate playing on the PlayStation 3 because of, you know, how finicky it can be. And, like, the disc, like, definitely froze up on me when I first got it, so I had to clean it a couple times. I mean, that's not the game's fault, but... I don't know, I just... I think the game looks fine. It doesn't look bad. I'm not, I'm not thinking it's total trash. I mean, there's wor way worse blockier-looking games out there, so I don't think it's anything like that. I mean, if it can have... It could get a HD remake and look fine, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's terrible. Uh, unfortunately, I guess think that it's probably the best part of the game. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm wavering between two and a half and three, but I'll stick. I think I'll stick with two and a half. And uh, that's because I did not have any issues with like the character models or any of like the environments. Each environment mostly felt unique and separate from each other. Uh, like in the, like some of the mines, you would have like some greenery, and then some other mines would be like just completely the mine, like a cave or whatever, and. Uh, like crystals and shit everywhere, but then like you go to a desert, and then you'd have like another like desert cave area, but it's like enough of a variance that it's not like too samey feeling. Yeah. Uh, the only issue is that you have to run through all the areas too many fucking times, and you see it too many times. Like a normal RPG or something, you go through a dungeon once, maybe twice. Uh, if there's like a random side quest or something, or like they had some dumb mechanic where they block off a wall and you need a different item or ability or something to open up a passage or some bullshit for a treasure chest. Mm -hmm. But in this game, uh, you go through some dungeons, like, I don't know, fucking 20 times. Yeah. And you're like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of tired of running through the same area over and over again. So it does wear down on you. Um, most of the monster models look pretty cool. It's a shame there's a lot of recolors, but I guess what can, what else can you do for that kind of game? Um. Yeah, and the cutscenes were all right. There weren't too much of them, but for what there is, I mean, it's fine. It's like just get three level CGI and stuff. So yeah, I'm with you on on visuals. It's it's two and a half. It's 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 good. It's not terrible. We're probably PS3. Like we're, we're you know we're twelve years since this game came out. I mean, I don't. I'm not like hating watching when I'm playing, you know, it's not like straining my eyes or anything like that. It's it's fine. It's just the controls are a little bit more jankier than I would like. A little slippier and the uh, camera and uh, lock-on kind of mechanics aren't as great. But uh, that's gameplay, so so yeah. Two and a half. Ready? And we'll move on to music slash voice acting. As we said earlier, the composer is Yoshihiro Ike. Um, I don't know who any of the voice actors are. None of them really sounded familiar to me, but I also don't have like a fucking Bill Trap mind memory like Travis or something. Yeah, me neither. Uh, so I think when there is voice acting, the people did an alright job. Uh, like I said before, things do feel kind of like flat and emotionless. Uh, even when there is like an emotional heavy scene, there's not really 
an emotional feeling to the voices. Uh, the other one that actually sounds like they're, they have any emotions at all is the guy that plays Dagda. Uh, and, and even then, it's he's got one emotion. <laughs> it's happy all the time. So, not a lot of variety there. Uh, as for the music, I think they are well-orchestrated pieces, but I don't know that they, I would say they're really good game music. Um... And because you spend so many time, so much time in the in the dungeons, and the music never changes in the dungeon, you'll hear the same four and a half, five minute song looped for 30, 40 minutes. And the first time in the dungeon, maybe you're like, okay, this song's not too bad. Uh, the like we said, the twentieth time through the dungeon, you're like, oh, it's this song again. Great. Uh. So taking it in a vacuum, if I were to take the music in a vacuum, each song by itself, I'd say not too bad, average, voice acting, subpar, so I'd probably give it two and a half, but together with the game and the experience, I'd have to give it a two because it's just not enough variety. I know if that makes sense to you. No, I get it. I understand. Uh, I'm probably going to be a little bit higher. I'm just going to go two and a half because it's average to me. Voice acting was fine. Um, the guy that plays Arius with Shadow the Hedgehog. I'm looking up some of these guys right now. Uh, oh, shit. The anime. but. Uh, yeah, I'll give it the point 0.5. I'll give the point 0.5 back. <laughs> I thought the voice acting was fine. Like, um, well, like... Uh, that's, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. It's just fine. I guess you have me harping on the story being less than stellar, so I'm tying it into the the voice acting and shit. No, nah, I, I think that didn't hurt it at all. Like the, they, they did what they could with what they got. I feel like so. I don't hold that against them. And you know, there is some good music in there. It's just like you said, it's just oh, oh, repeated. So yeah, it's I think it's good. Ish. Okay, that's fair. Um, all right, so we're already at musical break three. Then, uh, what song did you pick? Uh, what did I pick? The King Awaits. Uh, which I don't remember when this happened. This is like when you. Is this towards the end of the game? Like the final boss. I would I would imagine it is because it's near the bottom of the OST. This might be like the first time you fought Baylor or something like that, or when you're on your way to Baylor. Uh, it's close. The, so the king awaits. Is that like the Dragon King? Maybe that. It's, uh, but it's pretty decent. Uh, little jam. Uh, it's the one that like stuck out to me as I was going through the uh, the soundtrack there. So uh, it's worth a listen. So here is. The King Awaits.
enough that we'll spend like three hours talking about the gameplay and the story, and it's like, uh, easier. Two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Visuals. Another two minutes. Whatever. No one's listening to the RPG show about music. I think it's kind of just. Hey, the other shit. I think it's really, really good. We'll talk about it. Or if it's really, really bad, we'll talk about it. Well, it's just kind of like average. You know, it's not much really to say. Yeah, we're not like like we've said before. We're not musicians, so it's really difficult to judge that, and we're not really artists. Like yeah, so <laughs> I, I know like when I see like the art in games, like I you know I will definitely say I like the the drawing or the artwork, but they didn't really have too much. I think you can. See, there's concept art you can get to in this game, I think. Uh, you can go on adventure quests at least and like unlock pictures for a gallery. Oh yeah, the paintings. Yes, 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 yes. Which yeah, there's like seventeen of them or something. <laughs> yeah, but fuck doing all that. I think I did a good amount of them because I didn't. Um, I did, like, three, because I figured out that they were usually at the end of the dungeon, and I didn't really feel like going to the end of the dungeon. No, I waited to, like, the ones that were, like, in the first area, and I just kept uh, spamming those ones. Oh, okay. Because you can, like, manipulate it by just going to different, um, going to different bars, or not bars, but, uh, venture guilds. Yeah. Oh, I did get them all. Nice. Oh, shit. 16, Good for you. 16 of them. God damn. <laughs> That's right why I got 80 hours on this game. <laughs> Shit, you really do have 100% completion then. No, I didn't get all the titles. So that's something we didn't talk about, but there's different titles you get by doing certain things over and over again. Uh, yeah, when you get one, depending on what level your party is, the average party level, you'll get like a certain amount of experience points. And occasionally, depending on which one you get, you'll get like a free unique item from an NPC. And depending on what stage you are in the game, it could be... OP to worthless. So, yeah. Uh, I, I think I got one early on that like prevented freezing or something, and but it gave me like three hundred magic resist, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Wait, so it was nice. But titles? No, you just uh, when you go to a town, the NPCs are like, "Oh hey, Avian Slayer," yeah. "Oh hey, Basilisk Speeder," and shit. And you're like. But yeah, they just randomly call you it. There's nothing that they do, right? No. Yeah. Actually, the art for these paintings is really good. But there's only 16 of them. I wonder who did these. They're pretty good. They're nice. Uh, but yeah, still two and a half. <laughs> I changed my score now. Um. Yeah, I think I think that like the biggest problem with like a visuals that we could say would be if like the character models blend in with the environment uh, or something like that but like, in this game like they're pretty distinct and stuff so the other thing I hate is like when all NPCs look alike you know it's like okay I get it you guys don't want to waste your budget on this but it kind of takes you out of the immersion when that happens you know yeah like even in trails like there's some like overlaps on characters but a lot of them like are unique enough so, um, well, they, to be fair, they also have like five thousand characters in, per game and shit. So, <laughs> yeah. it's, there's about to be some repetition. All right, I guess that brings us to overall. Overall, yes. As Brett would say, 
it's expectations versus reality. But as it's come to mean to each of us, it's our own, I guess, particular brand or take of our overall experience with the game. And uh, in our little uh, show document here, Kevin's written a lot, so I will let him start this well, section off. I think I wrote this right after I finally finished this game, so I had a lot of uh, hate still in my heart on this thing. Shit. <laughs> uh, but I did write that, well, like I said, the Lost Sock thing earlier, but the, I put the game was boring and the story had interesting ideas that were not fleshed out well. The game fits into the nine circles of hell of bad games that we played for the show. Uh, and I, at that time I wrote this, so my my bottom six for me, because I think after six, like, they weren't bad, but uh, my number one still Quest 64. Uh, number two is Brain Lord. Uh, this is from worse to better, I guess. I'm going. Uh, Brain Lord... Be- just simply because those fucking the end of the game shit was just so annoying to me. Number three exists archive. Uh, four is Trinity. Uh, this game sales of Zoar. Number five was Pure Solar, and then six was Crystal Chronicles. So I think I like Pure Solar. Like, I'd rather play Pure Solar again than Trinity is where the way the way I'm looking at it. Just because I like turn based RPGs a little bit better, and I can I don't know. You can, it's only a twenty hour game too. Yeah, skip dialogue where this game is just so bloated uh like exists our ar- archive is bloated too and the story is way worse so <laughs> like i know the story is not so not good in pure solar but i think that i like the concepts a little better so well, i played through pure solar four times so it's uh, uh what's your bottom six if you could I, for all the games we've played? Yeah, just for the show. Uh, I'd, have, I'd have to come back to that, because I'd have to look up the list of all the games we played, because I don't remember them all. That's fine, but... Um, yeah, I don't think anything's ever going to top Quest 64. It was just such a horrible experience for me. I also have, like, I don't know, four years ahead of you on games <laughs> to choose from, so I'd have to... I would definitely say... Um, hell, uh, Arcanum... Steamworks, Magic Obscura, whatever, it's definitely on there. Which is one of our most the, pop- uh, one of the most popular episodes. <laughs> well, that's uh, if we gotta do more Western RPGs, I guess we we can to boost our numbers or whatever. But uh, oh, we could do a Baldur's Gate or something. That'd be fun. Oh, maybe I've always been looking looking that out or keeping an eye out for that stuff. It's on PlayStation. Like, trophies. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have a physical copy or whatever. Okay. I've, always, I've been meaning like to play that and like Planescape and shit. Yeah, I I feel like those would be fun to a degree, just to mix it up a little bit. I definitely played Boulder's Gate back in the day, and I definitely enjoyed it because they have voice acting in that too. That's pretty good. I think I played that when I was like eight or nine, but I wasn't old enough and familiar enough with like Western RPG concepts to really play it. Like you know what I mean? Like I was used to playing. I don't know, like Final Fantasy VII and shit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Baldur's Gate, you have to make a character. I don't know what any of these stats mean. I don't know what any of these abilities are. I definitely cool. lost a lot. I didn't know where to go. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely young when I played it, too. I think it was, like, high school or eighth grade or something like that. Okay. But I know I remember liking it. So, we'll get there one day. 
Oh, for sure. Plenty of time. But uh, going back to overall, I guess, uh, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, it was too bloated. took too long. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to give it a one. All right, a one. <laughs> I uh, felt like that was going to happen. <laughs> so, not surprised. But... Uh, for me, I would probably give it a two and a half. Like I said, it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, I'm not saying in any way that it's a great game, as we probably have established by the scores we've given it already. Uh, I do say I've enjoyed it more than you. Um, and that's probably because I didn't, I didn't push through it all the way at one time. Like, I definitely took a little bit of break between sessions with this and played some other stuff. And that definitely probably alleviated some of the resentment I had towards it, because uh, definitely can't... If you tell... If someone tries to tell me that they enjoy running through the same area ten times to do the same quest over and over again, I'm going to call you a liar, because uh, I don't believe you. Like, yeah. Maybe, maybe the first couple times. But then it's... Not novel anymore. Yeah, you're, you're not like exploring a new area. You're not killing new creatures. You're not doing anything interesting. It's just the same bullshit. Yeah, there's no story, just... dialogue going on. So, other than that, I feel I feel like I I do like hack and slash gameplay like this. <clears throat> the story, when you get the whole scope of the story, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, it's just okay, it's like generic, whatever. But they definitely don't give it to you in a good manner. So it takes away a lot from it. The music, like we said, it's pretty alright. Uh, voice acting is okay. Visuals are fine. Um, I don't know that I'll ever play it again. That I've definitely, I've beaten it twice. <laughs> I got the plat twice, so I think I'm done with this forever. Yeah. Uh... Well, you know, it's whatever. If it's there are worse games you could play, but there are definitely much much better games you could play. So uh, your mileage may vary. If, if you like this kind of stuff, you might be into it. But if you don't, you should definitely stay away. Yeah, there's way too many games that you could play that are way ahead of this. So, I mean, if you play all the games and this is the one that's left, then it'll be fine. But uh, there's so, so many games you can play before you even think about playing this game, so I would not recommend uh, this game at all. So, that's just... Alrighty. I guess <laughs> if you're like me, and like traditional RPGs or JRPGs, uh, then i definitely stay away. I mean, if you like the, you know, action-y adventure RPGs, you might like it. Uh, at least enough where you can just plow through the story and not like do all the side crap. But if you, I would say, if you're somebody that likes the like Diablo style games, but also action RPG combat, you would lean. This would definitely pique your interest more than somebody more traditional like Kevin. Yeah. <coughs> and I think you can get it pretty cheap on PlayStation Three at this time. Who knows? Because would you buy it for like five bucks or something? PlayStation Network. Uh, when I when I bought it originally, I bought it 
brand new at GameStop. But it was on, probably like on sale because it would sit on the shelf for a while. So it was probably, I don't know, 30 bucks maybe. Um, and then this, the, this new version I played, the European version, uh, a friend of mine that I do trophies and stuff with uh, lent me their account for a different game. And I saw this was on there, so I downloaded it. Mm. That's the only reason I wanted to play it. I wanted to get it off the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah. I get it. Oh. Uh, so I'm sorry for subjecting you to this. Uh, but I also feel like it's worth it for the show to have this kind of stuff on here. No, you're right. It's fine. It's not like... We could do nothing but hits. But then that would kind of... I guess be too samey. You know? Like, it's oh, nothing but good stuff. And it's not really interesting content for me to want to put out there. Not saying that doing good stuff is bad. But I feel like you pick a lot of good stuff, and I have, I almost feel compelled to pick less than good stuff. Not necessarily like terrible stuff, uh, but because I, I want to get that balance of the highs and the lows, and really, I guess, push that through to the audience. And I guess try to establish to people that you don't always have to be doing like perfect or like super great stuff all the time. It's okay to come down and like, Get a good frame of reference for your your mind. Like I know you can, like do the whole like ignorance is bliss thing, and I not not to tie this to like world horrors and shit like that. But like you might be living a decent life, but you still should do your due, your due diligence and remember that yeah, on the other side of the globe, maybe there's like atrocities being committed. So you should be thankful for what you have that's good, just like the good games. Yeah. And I got some bad games I'm gonna pick eventually um, that you probably won't like, but. They just keep coming off games I want to play that <laughs> uh, look good. Yeah, they're good. So I do have like eventually I want to play Beyond the Beyond again. I know everyone hates that game, but I definitely have nostalgia for that one. Okay, but that'll be fun. Yeah. I never got too far. I think I got like there's like a tree village or something. Then you get to another dungeon after that. And I think that's as far as I've gotten. Where you get the blob guy? I think so. Um, I have made it to the last dungeon, but I couldn't beat it because I was like oh, too young and I couldn't figure it out. But my okay. stepbrother beat it, and I have watched like a let's play, but I have mostly beat the game, but I've never beat it myself. So that's kind of makes sense. I want to definitely uh, get to that. It's not that long either, like twenty something hours. Yeah, I can't be that long. That's it. But you know, I had it for years and never beat it. <laughs> Because there's a part where, um, there's like a... 33 hours, okay. There's a part in the game where I got stuck forever because there's like a tile you gotta hit to pop up, uh, like, a treasure chest that you need for, like, to move on with the game. Oh, shit. And you have to, like, go up so many and then over so many, and I just, I couldn't figure it out. Um, the pain in the ass. Yeah. Because there's like a day-night cycle you gotta be able to get, but you have to have, like, the item to do it and to get this pirate to get the ship anyways uh it took me forever to figure it out my brother my stepbrother figured it out um because i was too dumb at the time it was before internet <laughs> fair enough so, I definitely, well it'll be interesting to play that's for sure yeah so that's i have it and i just i want to pick it but you know i want to do sweep it in five and there's two games that are coming out this next month that i want to play so um Anyways, we'll get to that in a minute. 
Uh, are we still on overall? Or on replayability extra content now, I believe. So okay. I want. Uh, I don't. <laughs> you go for it first. Okay. I'm gonna pull up my point five here and say, don't do it. Don't play this again. I don't know how you did it, but I'm never. I'm never touching this again. It's not fun. I don't think there's a reason to, especially if you plat it, unless you're like uh, Nick here and want to get two plats for this game and be special. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I will say there's not very much replayability. Depending on what you think about extra content, there is like a post-game dungeon, sort of. But like we said, it's, it's unlocked during Chapter 5. I got a Chapter 4. Uh, what's that? I unlocked it in Chapter 4. Oh, the Labyrinth. Yeah. Okay, maybe. Maybe you can. Then, But it's a, it's a late-game thing that's unlockable, so you can do it post-game if you want to. Uh, you can also beat the game and then like reload your save, and it will let you do higher level quests and stuff. So I guess that's technically extra content because <laughs> you're like uh, before you beat the game, the quests are all locked to level fifty, which I think is dumb. But you know, I guess they didn't want you overpowering the last boss, but then they let you do it anyway. Um, yeah, I will probably say. Like I said before, unless you're a huge fan of this style, like uh, dungeon delving and hack and slash and stuff, once you beat it, and unless you're trophy hunting, there's not really anything else to do. Uh, so I would give replayability slash extra content a one. Uh, that being said, like it's definitely a kind of game that I like in small doses. So if you're like me, then you can definitely play it some more. But there's no real reason to. And that will lead us to Music Break 4. Which is Clash of Sorrow. And I chose this because uh, I felt like it had a haunting, melancholy feel. And I do believe it's when you're fighting Dorado. Right before you murder his ass.
Okie dokie. Now that this torture is done with, we're going to be doing another one. <laughs> uh, Star Ocean, the Divine Force. Which is, so far, in my opinion, a much better game oh, uh, than this one. It's way... It's, <laughs> it's, I wouldn't say it's on like, the level of like a Trails game, though. No. It's, uh, it's like a... If like if Trails is like triple A, I guess it's more like double A, then I would feel like uh, Star Ocean is probably just an A level game. Yeah, uh, it's better than Tales of. Oh, definitely. So I think so definitely... I even put, I put like twelve hours into it, and I'm having way more fun than I did playing uh, Tales of Arise. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's the characters haven't really grown on me just yet because they kind of look weird. Like, I guess that's one of those ones, the visuals where like it's next gen visuals, but they're like, I don't know. They just didn't do it right. It's like yeah, Raymond, Raymond's the only one that looks super weird to me. Everybody else, like it's, if they're a girl, they have big eyes. If they're a guy, they have small eyes. Yeah. So it's okay. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's your standard, like we were talking about, Star Ocean, like, starts in space, and then it's, like, on a backwards planet, and uh, kind of figuring out where the twists are going to be, but uh, it's it's moving along kind of breezy, and you can take your time if you want, but you can kind of just keep moving on as you go. So. And there's, there's fast travel right away, so you don't have to worry about... Um, and a lot of backtracking if you don't want to. They they put this weird like disclaimer up there, but it really doesn't affect the game. So no, like oh, you might have missed, missed events, but they're worth they're not worth watching. Yeah. Anyway, but I'm still gonna walk the whole time anyway, just in case there's one on the overworld that I miss. You let me know. Well, I, you gotta do two playthroughs anyway. So if I get through Ravens first, and there's none of that bullshit, then I will be more than happy to fast travel all the damn place when. Uh, doing Letitia's playthrough. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there's like a, a minigame that they give you right away, which you need to do for a trophy eventually. Or two trophies, I guess. Uh, but it's called Esawa, and it's like a weird chess game, kind of. But not. It's like checkers, maybe? I don't know. It's a weird board game with passive attacks and uh, the pawns that do different abilities, and the first two games I played, I got my ass kicked, and then I watched the NPC do something really fucking uh, skeevy on me, and then I realized the strategy, and so I just did that. I've did I've done that to every NPC so far, and I've won every game without a problem. And it's uh, since you play first, I always put my piece down in the bottom left corner, but not like in the corner corner, one space up and one space right of that, so there's still four spaces around them. And then, uh, when the uh, and the enemy puts their piece down, they usually put it kind of on the other side of the board, and it's like in near the wall or something. And then I just start putting my pieces in a line right below where, where they put theirs, or right to the left of it. And usually, they just keep adding a piece right next to that until it goes to the end of the the board, and then I cut them off. And I just usually wipe out the, all the pieces they have on the board immediately. And I'm like, I don't know why you just kept going in the line, you stupid fucking NPC. But thanks for the win. Yeah, that's definitely what I do, too. I'm like, all right. So much for the strategy. <laughs> well, I don't go the whole line. I kind of try to block them off on the sides, and usually I can get them faster that way, so they're taking away less damage on me. 
But was, yeah, there's definitely ways to do it because some of the pieces had different stuff. Yeah, if you want, if you have the scars out or whatever, they do the most. But or like they have, if they have the hero one out. I get the assassin. They get that. I say my assassin for the heroes. Oh yeah. So it's definitely interesting. Can't wait to talk about it. Uh, do we have any emails or anything? We do. Uh, so in case anybody wants to email email us, you can do it so at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we've got an email from Doug way back in early October. Uh, he says... Uh-oh. Is this the same Doug as his fucking... Blame. Oh, it is. Okay. Yes. I had to, I had to double check the damn uh, <laughs> the email address because the subject line is RPG, uh, but then spelled out as really poopy games. So I was like, mm, this is something from Blaine. But he says, uh, hey, kids, I enjoy when you guys play something that's a real wet fart. It'd be fun if at some point you played something that would get a good rant again. I realize you played some real stinkers, but I mean something that you hate so much you contemplate suicide. Oh. Those kind of episodes I find myself listening to over again more than the games that are great. Such as Quest 64, Monster Seed, Pure Solar. They're all hilarious. Well, you're you going to say something? You're, you're in for a treat now. <laughs> oh yeah, this is, this, this is an episode for you. We, did, we didn't tear into it as much, but uh, I'm sure I'll Find some more shitters to talk about later. Um, he goes on to say, This is completely unrelated, but you should play Times of Lore on the NES or Super Hydlide on the Sega Saturn. Oh, fuck. Both are excellent, and I've heard great things about Draken for the SNES, but I haven't played that one. Seriously, though, it'd be nice to hear about some old D&D ones like Bard's Tale or Pool of Radiance. I get that they are tough to play now, and I'm probably the only one who, who would listen. But it'd be real neat. But anyhow, I'll listen to whatever you talk about regardless, or whether I know about it. Just keep putting them out. Doug Kent. Well, thanks for writing in, Doug. We'll definitely uh, eventually get some of those older games. They can't be that long, can they? Uh, probably not. They'll probably be a good like, middle game between some other shit. And like we already kind of mentioned, I don't know if Baldur's Gate ties into that old stuff for him or not, but... It's uh, they're definitely D and D like ones, I would say. Maybe the OG Final Fantasy one of those days. That'd be cool. Yeah. Or Dragon War. Um, I've played like I played those once on emulators when I was in high school. But uh, I definitely had the original Final Fantasy and Dragon War. My dad definitely beat those, but I just watched because I was like a kid and I got I I got like. I remember I could get past, like, uh, you get your, your ship, you beat those pirates, and you get a ship or whatever in Final Fantasy. And then I don't remember much after that. I think I had to fight a goblin after that or something. I don't know. I definitely played Mystic Quest a lot more than, like, the first, even the first three, four Final Fantasies, so. Yeah. Uh, it's more my speed. <laughs> That one that wasn't bad. Basic as fuck. Uh, so it looks like I don't know if we should put this on the uh, the episode or not, but whatever. Uh, we have a inquiry about somebody who wanted to host sponsored ads on our website. So I don't know if that's real or not. 
You got another one? Uh, yeah, but I don't know if like it's real or not. No, we'll talk about it's that. Let's talk about it afterwards. Don't All right, we don't and then uh, advertise it. <laughs> to our ten people. <laughs> uh, oh, there's somebody else that's trying to make sure. Uh, I guess somebody is doing a what do they call it when they buy up uh domains, and then uh, they try to sell it to people. Like somebody bought the domain to rpgroundtable.com and they're trying to sell us that. Oh. Uh, we're good. <laughs> no, we let that go on purpose. Uh, we don't need it. Yeah. Um, alright, well. I guess that, uh, that pretty much wraps up all the interesting stuff. Now to the, the end of the show spiel. Uh, but we have a Discord. Haven't seen anybody new in there, in there in a while. So if any new blood would be welcome, you're more than welcome to join. Click the link in the description. Uh, as long as it's still working, probably should check it to make sure it works, but uh, <laughs> we'll do that later. Uh, we do have an Amazon affiliate link thing. You can click that in the description as well, I think. I don't know. I haven't checked it in a while to see if we're actually getting anything from it, but I doubt we are. I fucking so it's kind of whatever. I forget to do it all the time, too. I buy stuff on Amazon. I'm like, damn it, I forget to... Yeah, I've got it bookmarked, but then, like, I can't tell if it works when you add the item to the cart, or if it works when you check it out, or whatever, and so half the time I forget to click on it anyway, so, whatever, it's no big deal. If you use it, great, if not, obviously, we've gone, what, seven years without relying on Amazon affiliate link to fund the show at all, <laughs> so, whatever. Yeah. Uh... You can always check out Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast. Uh, James is a great guy. Uh, so, yeah, do him solid by listening to that. Uh, Blaine, you know, he's whatever. Uh, you can also listen to Kevin and Blaine talk on video games and movie. I do believe they're planning on doing a recording soon for something else. I think they just did the Cyberpunk show. Yeah, the anime. So, definitely... Uh, presumably worth checking out. I've never checked them out. Uh, full disclosure. But I also don't listen to anybody else's podcasts. I don't listen to this podcast either, so... It's what it is. Uh, anything you want to say before we go? Uh, did we say the next game is Star Ocean that we're doing? We did. Uh, and then the next one, after that, is probably going to be the uh, Midnight Suns, I think is what I'm going to pick. Awesome! What? Awesome. I mean, I watched some of the gameplay. It looks really fun. Can't wait. You don't like uh, uh, superheroes? Oh, I'm not like I'm not really big the comic book stuff. So I watched. I did watch some gameplay, and it looks okay. I guess it's like a card based, yeah, turn based thing, which is all right, whatever. Uh, uh, so it'll be fun to play. I, I guess it's my ta my turn to taste the the pain of. <laughs> Not playing something I'm not super excited about, right. which is which is fine. It's can't be happy or excited about everything. Right. So uh, I guess that'll do it then. As always, thanks for listening, and until next time, bye everybody. Bye everyone.